after three. One, two, three. Ooh. Wow. Welcome to Playthrough. This is episode 38, episode 4 of The Wolf Among Us. This is a podcast where some middle-aged gamers play some middle-aged games. We've been rapidly making our way through what will be the final pick of this season before we move on to the now infamous Waffle 4.0, where (laughs) we'll reveal next season's picks. But before then, we've got one more episode to talk about and one more episode to play. So I guess this is effectively the, both the penultimate episode of not only this game, but also of this season. So the end is rapidly approaching. It's been a good one, as always. I'm Andy Gilmore, and tonight with me I've got Jim Middleton. Hello, Jim. Hello. I've got Chris Worthington. Evening, Chris. Evening, Andy. Good evening, Chris. And I've got Mads Christensen. Good evening, Mads. Hello, mate. Hello, Mads. How are you? You okay? <laughs> Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. We recorded just over a week ago, or was it a week today, in fact? It was no, Friday, Friday, wasn't it? Friday, oh, it was yeah. Friday. It was Friday, Friday. So it's yeah. been just over a week. So mm. nonetheless, things may have happened in that time, so we can have a quick roundup and see what's been going on in each of our lives. Mads, what's new? Uh, what's new? I've been busy, mate. I haven't had a lot of gaming time, but I've actually finished one game because it seems that the, the only time I do get a little time to... To play these days is uh, Sunday mornings. So last Sunday morning, I played. Uh, I'm not sure whether this is called Pikuniku or a Pikuniku or however you pronounce it. It's yeah, a little platformer pi- with pikuniku. these. Yeah. yeah, yeah, little platformer that I played. It's on the Game Pass and um, picked it up Sunday morning. Just wanted to have a look at it because I heard a lot of people talk about it, and it's a very short game. So I, I got really stuck in and just spent three hours or something like that two and a half hours and, and finished it and it's a really nice little platforming experience so uh, I'd recommend people pick that up and try it if they if they have Game Pass nice Pikaniku you say yeah nice yeah, yeah I've, I've definitely seen this scrolling through Game Pass so I've mm. not really paid it much mind no it's a nice little well symbol platform but I, I like it yeah yeah nice how are you getting on with Devil May Cry? Don't tell me you've not started it. I've not started it, mate. I've not, oh! I, I, I seriously haven't had the time. The, the few hours I spent it, with Pikuniko was uh, the only gaming time I've had this week. Um, you can finish it in six hours. You can play it in one sitting, Devil May Cry. And when, when would I get a six-hour like, gaming sitting? I mean, that, well, you, that hasn't you happened won't. in years, I mean, mate. You could. I know you won't. 
But it's it's like a handheld game. I mean, you can mm. each mission is about fifteen twenty minutes, and you yeah. save after each mission. So you know really? me, I, I like to be able to play it on real hardware, and I'm uh, moving around right now, so my real hardware is away. But uh, next week, I hope to be actually set up again, so I have the the mm. CRT ready and the PS2 ready. And uh, I'll, I'll be playing it on real hardware, so um, I'm hoping to start that in a few days. Yeah, I've not heard good reports about the HD collection, so it seems Roushi on the Retro Silent Discord was saying it's not maybe not not that good. No, although I've heard other people say it's good, so I don't know. But for what reason? Maybe real hardware is the way to go. For what reason? Sorry, saying, Andy. For what reason was Roushi saying that it's not so good? Well, I think he said the UI on the front end wasn't great but yeah that's all right because once you get into the game that obviously mm. disappears so when you choose because it's one one two and three and yeah. the hd collection mm. so i think he was saying that front end when you choose between one two and three wasn't great but then he was also saying that he felt that some of the emulation was a little bit off yeah okay um, which is not what i've heard others say but i trust his judgment he's knows what he's talking about yeah and he's a big staunch ps2 era fan yes so I I would uh, I I listen to him when he talks about stuff like that. So yeah, I've I've actually just installed it on the new uh, min- newly minted Steam Deck <sighs> to, to have a look at the HD collection. But I've been playing it on the PS2. Yeah, I've actually installed the HD collection on the Steam Deck as well because if I don't find time to to play it on real hardware, I'll play it at the, at the cottage on the Steam Deck. Yeah, yeah. You honestly, you get even allowing for lots and lots of restarts and replays because it's blooming difficult mm. I reckon I'm on the final boss and I reckon I've probably played it for about eight and a half hours mm. okay yeah well, maybe make a start to it this week then yeah, it's funny isn't it because I, I I played the Switch version which is just the, the HD remaster trilogy HD split, collection yeah yeah but it's just split into single games single releases rather than a trilogy I okay. don't remember. Oh, they didn't release it as a trilogy on the Switch. No, they released it individually, um, and I don't oh, remember. I don't remember seeing any issues, like standout issues, but maybe they are in there. It's been mm. a long time since I played the original, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, would you would, you'd think if there's going to be a bad port, that it's usually on the Switch, isn't there? So yeah, I mean, our, our listener and Discord member Reese King Kong Groover played it. He he was streaming it last week on Twitch, mm. and I had a quick look at his stream and I thought it looked really nice the up-res textures look really nice you know, the PS2 era graphics are really that those muddy brown textures and Devil yeah. May Cry although it is colourful certainly does have its fair share of muddy textures mm. I thought the up-res graphics actually looked, looked quite nice yeah, yeah. I'm, not I'll for everyone's have, taste I'll, though, I'll have, it looks have a look at both I want to play the original but I'm going to have a look at the HD remaster or the Steam Deck nonetheless like all of these PS2 era remasters, you know, you've got these really nice, clean backgrounds mm. with really nice polished textures, and then you've got these jaggy character sprites and polygon and character models all yeah. running around, which don't look so good. Yeah. It, it's it's actually a bit looks a bit jarring, I think. So I think it's probably not for everyone's taste the remaster graphics, but I thought it looked all right. Yeah, yeah. all right, we'll check it out. So- I've actually been playing another game, just not a video game. I've been playing Harry Potter Battle for Hogwarts, I guess it's called. It's a board game, but it's also like a deck-building game, really. It's a board game, deck-building game that I've played with the the kids. So you're playing through the seven books of Harry Potter. Uh, We played through only the first two right now, but it's great fun. I played it, I have a little board game club where we play at work. 
once every month and we, we're trying to get through that game as well there it's great it's really good if you have uh, like younger kids it, it's it's good fun and it's good for oh, adults as well so how long does each game last um the first couple of years or books are only like an hour okay tops i think but later on it, it becomes really difficult i mean <laughs> the game club that we uh the board game club we've we've tried the last two times we've uh met to to beat year four and and failed and, and spent many hours doing that <laughs> is it a cooperative game then yes yes it's purely cooperative you're playing against the game yeah Oh, cool! That's but it's, it's really nice to play with your kids, especially because it's a cooperative game. So, yeah. yeah. Hellfire Club. They, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's been watching Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Jim? Well, you know, I'm going to ask Chris last, just because I know he's itching to tell us about our, his Steam Deck, so he can go last. Yeah, we'll make him, we'll make I'm going to. I'm going to whiz. I'm going to whiz through because I want to hear about this this yeah. Steam Deck. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> right, so. Well, I've been up to. I've been. I finished Pikmin three. That was. I uh, really enjoyed that. Unexpectedly, um, the, the last level, the last boss, that let it down a little bit. You end up going against like this big sort of jelly thing. The other bosses in the game are all sort of insects, but this is like a big jelly that chases you through the level, takes one of the characters back to the start of the level, and then you have to sort of keep chasing this jelly thing down and getting the character Ugh. back and yeah that sounds grim yeah it's, it's just it's just annoying and frustrating the whole like pikmin game is built around you sort of unlocking more and more of the level as you go on where of this yeah. you sort of unlock a little tiny bit and then your character gets kidnapped or caught in this like jelly thing and taken back and yeah it's just just a bit of a letdown really but grindy yeah yeah so, Jim, i've got to ask because I've, I've i really love the first pikmin but i haven't played the second one Wh- which color pikmin do you get in in pikmin 3 any new special abilities oh so it's the first one that i've played i've chris is gonna oh, hate okay. Okay. chris is gonna hate me for this i've not played the first or second pikmin i've gone straight i just in don't understand how you can do it <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong I, with I, you? I just i would just couldn't do it is it not something nope. that physically prevents you from opening the case if you haven't played the first two it would literally make me fall over. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna hit. Oh, I might. I might. Even pick a game so, even you saying four. that just makes me kind of run, blood, blood run cold. But, but do carry on. He's sweating. <laughs> um, what pigments do you get? You get yellows, blues, uh, reds, white, silver, rock pigment. Yeah, the 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 other black ones, right? I mean, they look like little rocks. The rock people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that was it. Okay. I'm probably mm. I'm probably left one out. Okay. Yeah, I think that's. I think right. that's it's a, it it's a great series, and it definitely is. listen to you yeah. talking about that one. It definitely. I've not had my GameCube out since we played Metroid Prime, so I need to. To probably give it some love just, at some stage. Just go straight yeah. in at three, Chris. So while while I'm not not as sick as Chris, I really want to play number two before I get into number three actually as well because I love the first one. So I need and I, I've heard so much good about the second one. Yeah, but you see, Philistines. Yeah, <laughs> but you're you're you're, you're padding off here, Mads. You're you're quite happy to go on to the uh, the, the second one, but that's only because you have played the first one. Don't lie. You do need to play them in order. 
<laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> See, the other thing I couldn't do, I couldn't. I've played Pikmin one, but that's the only one. What I couldn't now do is jump straight into Pikmin two because I can't remember Pikmin one. So, so I'd have got... to replay Pikmin one. Oh no! Oh, it's getting fresh in my mind. Oh no! <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going through. Well, I'll quickly go through. I still play Sonic Origins. Finish Sonic one. Finish Sonic CD, and I've nearly finished Sonic two. So I'm going through them in order, Chris. That that'll, that'll, that 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 equalizes it out. Yeah, that equalizes it out, doesn't it? Not really. No, no, it, it doesn't. I'm afraid it really doesn't. But I give you credit where credit's due. You're doing the right thing. Yeah, no, he's a glutton for punishment. Balance. Yes. <laughs> it's just weird. So when when, when do you get to Zool then? <laughs> when do you get to Zool? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> It'll sit somewhere between Sonic 2 and 3, doesn't mm. it? Oh. Must be. Oh, dear. I'll probably play Super Frog instead or something. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Another classic Amiga platformer. Yeah. Mm. R- really abuse myself. What about you, Andy? What have you been up to, mate? Uh, not too much, actually. It was a fairly busy week work-wise, and I was away down south for a couple of days, so I only got back... I forget which night it was actually. What day are we on now? This is Sunday. Friday. Isn't it? Yeah, so Friday. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I got back up Friday and then it was uh, my little boy, Hamish. It was his birthday today. So if he finds himself listening to this in 20 years' time, happy birthday for 20 years ago, Hamish. And <laughs> we were just kind of getting organized for that. We're, we're getting things in place, sorting out things, how do we barbecue and stuff today. So it's really just been uh, work and family time uh, whilst playing this episode. But I've now got about, I've got about a 10 day. 10 day stretch of time off actually so I'm planning on getting a, a good bit of, good, I've got a lot of catching up to do basically so I will try and crack on with that over this next uh, this next week and a half but no beyond that it's just been a very uh, a busy but a good week nonetheless which brings us to you Chris I Ooh, think, I got a steam I think deck. you might have something to tell us tell us all about yeah. it at last finally got my steam deck got the email last Monday much to my delight at Instantly handed over my readies, which uh, I probably didn't have, but there you go. You, what can you do? When you pre-order these things, you've got to see it through. Uh, yeah, and then it came on Friday, which I was well pleased about. Shipped to the Netherlands in Europe. So they, there must be a factory in the Netherlands that they're shipped to. That's the holding place, and then they get shipped out from there. So I was pretty pleased. It came in good time. Yeah, I like it. I like it. It's a really well-built, sturdy piece of kit. I mean, it's absolutely massive, this thing. It's significantly bigger than a Switch, uh, and it feels like it's got some real heft in your hands. Like it's a, Well, it is a PC in your hands, and it feels it. You know, it's got a decent amount of weight, and it feels like a really well-built piece of kit. I've only used it so far with headphones, so I can't really comment on, on the speakers, but the screen's really nice, and everything just... It's got a really nice feel, and ergonomically, it's got a really nice feel. I do have some issues with it, though. I have some issues. I don't like the UI, but then again, I don't like the Steam UI. Okay. Like, I find the Steam UI just really cumbersome and difficult to navigate, and I always have. And I think it's just a taste thing. Mm. I've just never really liked the Steam UI. And I was hoping that the Steam Deck would look a little different and maybe one of its qualities for some people is that it does feel like you are navigating around Steam, mm. but 
for for me personally, that is that's a drawback because I don't like navigating around Steam. I'm sure it's fine. So what is it you don't like? I mean, for me personally, this is probably my favorite console experience for the UI as well. I mean, I hate the Xbox and the PlayStation compared to this. See, I don't like the Xbox UI, but I think Sony, I think the PlayStation UI is, I think, in my opinion, Mm. the best. Yeah, the the PS5 one's great. I love I the little steam so button you've got here because that just gives you that little menu that slides in instantly and you can select from your favorites, from installed games, uh, go to settings. Everything's just available just at one click on the Steam Deck. Yeah, I mean, maybe I just haven't spent enough time yet organizing my games. Like I was trying to search my library. I couldn't work out how to do that. So okay. ended up having to scroll down all kind of 800 and odd games yeah, that annoying. I have in, in my Steam library <laughs> and you know, it's little things but mm. I have actually had a couple of bugs as well okay so I don't know the this is a known bug but the volume buttons didn't work really um I could only either go mute or max volume uh so I was on the forums and everything and it is it is a known bug that they're still trying to fix but the only solution at the moment is to do a full power off and power on again okay and it will happen again. Okay, um, never seen that. Yeah, it will mm. happen again, but um, you, you, it, it'll be fine until it does, and when it does, you've got to do the same thing again. Mm, so that annoying. was that's a bit annoying. And mm. then the other one today was I keep getting it can't connect to the Steam servers like, okay. all the time. So more often than not, it can't connect to the Steam servers, which means that if you're unless you're playing in offline mode, it won't run the games because the games sync with the Steam Cloud unless yeah. you tell it. I was, yeah, I was going to say, does That's it weird, have, does it check for an online connection when you boot up each it, game? You know, it doesn't. It doesn't have to once they're installed. But if you want to have, uh, if you want to have the cloud backups, yeah, then then yeah, you do need to you do need to have uh, you do need to have a connection. So is that um, a known bug as well? Because I mean, I I've, so, I haven't seen that once. Yeah, so that's a known bug as well. Okay. Um, Weird. And the workaround for that is that you have to turn on developer mode. Okay. Um, and then you can go into one of the settings which turns off this Wi-Fi. It's got like this this certain Wi-Fi setting that you have to deselect for okay. certain Wi-Fi frequencies. Ah, so it's something it. to do with your uh, setup at home. Some, some specific well, it, it, it must here. be what lots of people have are yeah, suffering yeah, from it. Yeah, so it's not, it doesn't know whether to go on like the two and a half G or the five G, probably. Yeah, yeah perhaps, I think it's something perhaps. to do with yeah, it's something to do with the five G battery yeah. saver mode. Right. Okay. Which, if you haven't got a certain frequency of broadband, then you have to turn this thing off, and then it's fine. Yeah. Um, but the only downside is, is that when you're connected, it will consume battery much quicker. So. Hmm. Um, I guess I've been so, lucky yeah. because I haven't had any of those issues. If you've yeah, got a dual, I, if you've got a dual band router, then yeah, yeah, I do, I do. Yeah, I mean, I have a, a really modern router, and I've never experienced any problems with it any other be, piece If of it's kids. modern, then it should be dual band. Then I know yours and Mad's the exact same spec, Chris. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah well, they're both the five twelve gig one. Mm. Um, Mad's was one of the early ones, so he may have got that slightly better SSD, but. Um, yeah, well. Should make much of a difference. It'll be exactly the same. But in terms of actually playing the game, yeah, I've had, I've tried two games. I've tried the Stanley Parable, which I've never played, but I really wanted to play. That was on my list of games to play on the Steam Deck. So I've spent a couple of hours playing Stanley Parable, which was which was great. Uh, Plays really really well, as you'd expect. 
I assume that game can be because it was a PC game, wasn't it? It's, I imagine it's probably keyboard and mouse, but it plays really well with the dual dual stick, as you'd expect any mm. first person game to control. Really, really good. Very smooth. Loading times are great. No problems at all. I mean, that's a 2013 game, so it's not exactly taxing the hardware. Yeah. Um, and then I tried the Banner Saga, which is a game that has been optimized for the deck. Mm. And uh, you should try. Like- uh, there is only one game that's actually fully implemented for the deck, and that's uh, Aperture Desk Job. The, the little yes. one, one hour, maybe half hour experience that they programmed that's yeah. set in the Half Life world or the Portal world. Yeah, that, that makes use of every single button on the. Um, on the deck, so you get oh, to try, to try all then. of the different stuff there. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's good fun. It's just tongue in cheek, uh, silly stuff yeah. in the portal world or half life world, well, mainly portal world, really. Nice. Oh yeah, I'll definitely have to try that then. Yeah, it's good fun. But it was it's great, you know. But the Banner Saga has, has a lot of text, and it was pretty easy to to read, and um, so absolutely no complaints. And yeah, I mean, there are loads of buttons on this thing. There are tons of buttons, buttons everywhere. <laughs> like there's buttons at the back, your fingers. There are tons and tons of buttons on this thing. So I will be interested to see, you know, and you've got the trackpads as well. And so I'll be looking forward to seeing how they make use of those things in different types of games. And Mads has put me onto a couple of uh, short point-and-click games which I'm going to try and play. Uh, Get get Donut Dodo, Chris. Get get Donut Dodo. No, but that's one of them. That's on my list because obviously you've, you've talked about that. Um, milk made of the Milky Way is I haven't bought that yet, but it's yeah. but it's about one pound sixty on Steam at the moment. Mm. So uh, yeah, so far so good. I'm looking forward to spending more time with it. I mean, it's great sitting and having a PC in your hands. I mean, that mm. is what it is. Mm. And on, a PC in your hands, and on that, there's loads you, that you can do with it with emulation as well. Because you got it's a PC, can you get stuff off like Epic Store as well? So all those like yeah. stuff you've got on your Epic account, can you play no. them or? You can't. No. Okay. It's it's a Linux PC, so it's running a Linux OS, uh, and and you wouldn't be able to run all of that stuff from the Epic Store because that's Windows based. If I if I understand correctly, at least, you would be able to run a lot of the stuff from the good old Game Store uh, because a lot of that is uh, cross platform and works on on Linux as well, but not all mm. of it. The emulation man is supposed to be really good. It takes a little bit of messing around getting. There's set something up called all... Emu Deck that Emu uh, Deck, yeah. You need to go into desktop mode, so go get away from the interface and onto yeah. a desktop to install it. But then it actually hooks itself into the desktop, well, the non-desktop, the the, the Steam OS, uh, well, the oh, UI really? as well, yeah. So you can oh, just that's... launch it as any other game. And then what oh, it launches really is good, actually RetroArch, I guess. So yeah, it's all powered by RetroArch, yeah. yeah. I I only that's some one of the first things I installed and I haven't haven't actually used it yet so uh, no. I need to get a get time to use to to have a look at that because it's supposedly it uh, I mean I could be playing Devil May Cry uh, for the PS2, PS2 on version. that thing as well yeah oh man yeah, I mean it does feel like you know when the Switch came out it's like oh imagine if you had imagine if this without jailbreak imagine if it did all the emulation and you mm. had everything which you could just pop onto a and this does TV that, with no jailbreaking. No, I mean, this is all because it's Linux-based, isn't it? It's all mm. possible. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely something I am going to do. But at the moment, you know, I've got my, I've got my list of kind of two to three-hour games that I want to I wanna play through because I've been playing a lot of long games. We've been playing a lot of long we games have. lately, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Yep. We have. Uh, <clears throat> and, and Wolf Among Us is a breath of fresh air because it's not 
you know, each of them are just, you know, one sit-in, two sit-ins. Yeah. But there's a list of PC games that I want to play. Like, there's loads of walking sims that I've not played. So next season, to... we, we all make, make a pledge to uh, select games that are at, at most two hours? So my game, I know, and one can say anything more, but I know how long to beat says 11 hours. So that so means 20, it's a 100-hour game. 20-hour game. Okay. Yeah. For everything. That, so that is everything. That is, that is main and extras, 11 hours. Is that completionist though, or just no? But completionist, you have to do multiple playthroughs for this game, which we won't do. Okay, I'm not saying anything else because okay. I'm not telling you what the next game is going to be. Um, Go on. But yeah, no, thank you. It's uh, it's great to have it, and it's nice to be able to talk about it. And uh, you know, I'm I, I I like it. I like it. It's I've not had the perfect experience with it. Yeah, but like all of these things, you know, they there are there are bugs in the OS that they need to iron out and. Because of the open source platform it's based on, I'm sure they'll be able to iron out those wrinkles. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. software related, isn't it? So it's not, yeah, it sounds yeah. like it's very much there, and it's just the, and the potential's there for it to be something pretty special if it's not already. Yeah, yeah. could we also just take two yeah, minutes as well to recognise how reserved and restrained Jim have I have been in not buying one so far? I think Jim, yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm relying on you not buying one, please, because if you buy one, then I'm therefore compelled to buy one myself. So we, who's, we both need to resist. Who's breaking first? Who's breaking well, we'll first? Yeah, watch this space. We'll see. <laughs> I haven't I haven't sent you any photographs or videos yet. I will no. do in, in the coming week, and then I'll watch you guys crumble like houses of cards. Yeah. yeah. You know well, it's not going to take much. I've, I've potentially got a Vectrex Possibly oh, no get possibly getting in my hands next week. Possibly, I'm not wow. saying anything oh. else in case it's okay. but yeah, possibly, yeah, yeah. possibly. Um, so is that one of the? Um, is this someone who's going to Nerg? Who's going to deliver you a Vectrex? No, no. Well, it's on the way to Nerg. Okay. On the way to Nerg, yeah. Um, so if that falls through, then I've got a few quid in my pocket. But fingers oh. crossed, it won't. We'll need yeah. to record. Yeah. More than a week from now, then, so you can update us on this one if that's the case. That would be a good yes. season finale. <laughs> yeah, and we'll all be a little bit jealous of you with your Vectrex. Yes. Oh, yeah. Very. Well, if it, yeah. if it comes off, we'll see. We'll see if it. Yeah. Good luck. Well, we hope it does. You can report back. Good. All right. Well, it sounds like it's been a very productive week for everybody. Well done. Um, so obviously, the main reason for being here tonight is to start to conclude our playthrough of. The Wolf Among Us. So tonight we're here to discuss episode four in Sheep's Clothing. As I mentioned back at the start of the penultimate episode, um, a reasonable amount happens in this one and it probably leaves us at a good jumping off point for the, the grand finale. But before we start our usual discussion as we play our way through it, we're just going to have a quick recap of last week's recording and last week's episode. So Chris, you were going to take us through it this week. Yeah, my turn. If people haven't not sick of the sound of my voice after me prattling on about the Steam Deck, I shall uh, see, see if we can get through this pretty quickly. Um, so episode three was called A Crooked Mile, which is uh, taken from the fairy tale of the of the same name. Um, picks up with a very angry Bigby Wolf who's just discovered that um, our friend Ichabod Crane is, is at best a pervert and at worst a murderer because we discovered that he had uh, some lewd intentions to a prostitute who had glamoured herself as Snow White. That prostitute was Holly, and Holly obviously ended up dead. So Bigby's not happy, and he 
is depending on how you play it he's either hunting for the murderer crane or or the the pervert crane and he wants to find snow because he thinks snow's in danger he gets a lead from beast because at this point he's still at the the hotel what was its name the open arms the open arms he's still at the hotel with uh, beast and beauty and beast tips him off that he'd been in the trip trap and he'd heard that uh, holly's funeral was currently taking place and that's where snow was so off we go and we can have some fun and shenanigans at the funeral depending on how you're playing big b you can interrupt snow's eulogy which is a pretty grossy thing to do isn't it andy gilmore <laughs> so, I, say, I, I, I had something important to say to her so bastard big b <laughs> takes priority bigger picture so depending on <laughs> irrespective of how we play it we end up being accosted by the tweedles who turn up uh, armed to the teeth they are telling big b that you don't really want to go after crane do you big b and if you do we are going to go after uh, snow herself so you better back off again you you can either go along with them you can resist them you can stay pretty silent however it pans out shots are fired in the end and big b gets wounded there are different ways you can play it other people may or may not get wounded but big b does that leads into the next scene where he's being patched up by uh, dr swinehead um there are conversations here about uh whether we could find crane using the magic mirror but we'd seen at the end of the previous episode that that magic mirror had been uh, smashed i don't actually think we remember we mentioned this in the episode but Crane had, st- and, and we may have done, and if we did, I apologise, but Crane had stolen a shard of the mirror, which meant because Buff- Buffkin had repaired the mirror, but he couldn't fix it because there was a shard missing. And, and in order to use the magic mirror, it's got to be complete. Yeah. So I'm not sure, maybe we did mention it, I don't know, but this shard turns into the MacGuffin, and that's another reason for them to, to find Crane. Um, they end up working out that, look, there are three possible locations that we can look for for clues. There's Crane's apartment at the uh, in the in the, the main building there is the trip trap uh, or there is uh, the tweedles office and you get a choice here about where you're going to go wherever you end up going and different things play out you end up with an address oh i beg your pardon before that they 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 figured out because there was a missing page from a magic book that crane was uh, trying to come up with some kind of spell they don't quite know what spell there's a ring there's a um, they know it's a ring of some sort Buffkin then pipes up and says, well, look, I overheard Crane talking on the phone and I know he's got a meeting with a witch at 2 a.m. The only problem is he didn't know what the witch's name was and he didn't know where the meeting was going to take place. So that's why we need to go and look for clues in these three locations to try and work out who the witch is that Crane was going to see and where he or she lives. We end up doing that by visiting these three locations. No matter which order you do it, you do end up with the address and you end up going to said Witch's house turns out to be a lady called Auntie Greenleaf who lives in the the the, the what do they call the apartments? What's the apartment building yeah, called? Woodland building. The, the Woodland, Woodland apartment. Yeah. So she lives there, and they get her address, and they turn up, and they're confronted by a child, who you know when we were playing this, I certainly assumed that it was the daughter of Auntie Greenleaf up at quarter past two in the morning. Uh, it turns out that it's not the daughter of Auntie Greenleaf. It's actually Auntie Greenleaf, Greenleaf herself, who glamoured herself to try and hide her identity. Um, after some shenanigans with Auntie Greenleaf, and you can really come down heavy and burn the last tree from the <laughs> homelands, can't you guys? 
yeah. those heartless amongst us who, who did that. We end up finding out that Crane has gone to the uh, Crane has gone to the pudding and pie uh, with with what he believes is a magic ring, but what Anti Green actually says is is it actually isn't magical anymore. Um, we go off to the pudding and pie in pursuit of Crane. When we get there, he is uh, he is trying to is it um, which who's he talking to? What who's the girl who he's talking to? When we get to the pudding and pie. Uh, he is Narissa. It is Narissa, Narissa. isn't it? Yeah. So, Nar- so Crane, when we interrupt him, is trying to use this dispel ring, as we found out from Anti Greenleaf for this. He's trying to use this ring on Narissa to try and break her lips a sealed spell because he's, he knows that Narissa will basically avail him of, of the truth and will prove that he, he is not the killer. Um, he can't do that because the ring uh, isn't magical anymore. We apprehend Crane, and he ends up confessing his undying love for Snow, which ends up really badly because Snow absolutely destroys him in <laughs> one go. At this point, Crane is a broken man. Snow reflects, look, he couldn't possibly have killed anyone. Look at him, he's pitiful. So we are take- we've are we apprehended Crane. We're taking him out the back of the pudding and pie when we are confronted by a new character, uh, Mary... Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary turns up with with the tweedles in tow she wants crane we don't really know why but she wants us to hand over crane we can resist either way it plays out uh bigby ends up getting shot and in and doing so he goes through a full transformation into the big bad wolf which is very very cool we then have a critical plot choice we uh have a choice whether or not to kill tweedledum I think we all killed Tweedledum, yeah. if oh, yeah. I recall correctly. Um, but in the ensuing melee, Bloody Mary shoots Bigby with a silver bullet, which severely injures him. She then goes and terribly breaks his arm, which is still pretty brutal. When we've seen that in the, in the recap, I winced, even though I knew what was coming. And that, that is leaves... definitely a break in it. That is, that's not a fracture. That break, is, that's a, a full-on... Full of decimation yeah. of his bone. Yeah. The yeah. bone is just sticking out from his arm, so yes, that's a break. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> absolutely horrid. It's, yeah. Even in this stylized art style, it makes my stomach turn. Yeah. Mm. Um, in doing so, Big B's left very, very injured, and they take Crane, which comes up a lot in, in this current chapter. And as Mary is leading Crane away, we, we see a shot of a car who we, and there's a person in the car, looks like a man, uh, and we can assume that it is the the antagonist, the crooked man. We don't get a real look at his face, maybe a couple of features. Mary makes that uh, comment right at the very end, saying, long live the Queen. Now, we still don't really know whether that is just a reference to maybe the character Mary's based upon, Mary, Queen of Scots, perhaps, I think is one of the historical characters that she could be based upon. Uh, is it Mary Queen of Scots or is it another Mary? Maybe it's Queen Mary the First, I think, wasn't it? Who possibly? Yes, I, don't I don't know if you guys have looked into it. No. Um, I think no. there is. Uh, yeah, there's definitely one of the historic Marys that a character could who was a queen. Hmm. Um, or is, is the is the crooked man the queen? You know, is it a crooked man, not a crooked man? Yeah, you know, we don't know, and we still really don't know why she said that. Yeah. Um, anyway, the uh, the episode three ended with. Bigby lying on the floor, um, and Snow, there's a caring for him. 
Yeah. So only, only one thing I'd like to correct is that Auntie Greenleaf doesn't live at the the woodlands. The woodlands are the luxury ah. apartments where Big B and the the, the oh, you're quite right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Live. But we, I think we all, inv- no, not all of us, all the good people here invited her to come to the woodlands and, and work with the witches there. Those of ah, us who yeah. didn't just burn her tree down. So. Quite right. Yeah. yeah. She's still in her smoldering apartment in my world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, there we go. That leads us into episode four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice one. Cheers, Chris. Thank you very much. Yeah, exactly that. And takes us into episode four in sheep's clothing so the episode begins right away with bigby recovering on his couch in his apartment at the woodland buildings looking very sorry for himself well they are seen that at that point actually he is not injured is he because he's effectively it's you realize that he's actually almost having a either a, a, a hallucination or a vision really because he's sat there on his sofa but there's just a trail of blood that comes to his feet and then um bloody mary walks in and is standing over him and looks to swing the axe at him and it becomes apparent quite quickly that obviously this is not happening in reality and as the axe is about to connect with him it effectively snaps him back to consciousness yeah and this is the point at which he's looking sat there looking in a very bad way and he's got Dr. Swinehart, who's getting some good business out of Bigby, it has to be said. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, thankfully, I'm just paying him with all Crane's dirty money. It's not my own. But <laughs> Dr. Swinehart is patching him up yet again. And he explains that he's needing to remove every piece of the bullet that was used. Obviously, he was shot with this silver bullet, which is, I think he says it's a hollow point bullet that's effectively fragmented within Bigby. And he needs to get every part of it out, otherwise it'll effectively slowly poison him. And yeah. he would eventually, well, I think would eventually die as a consequence. So he's there, Swineheart is basically digging all these bits out of him while he's writhing around on the sofa. But at the same time, you can see that he's obviously quite disturbed by the uh, the state that his arm's been left in. Because every time he's moving, he's got this... Fr- broken arm that effectively is just flopping around loosely next to him, which is absolutely horrendous to look at. Um, at this point, the Dr. Swinehart says to him, I'm basically busy getting these fragments out, but you can set it yourself if you want. And it gives you a really, really, I find this scene really horrible to play. It allows you to basically to reset his arm where you've got to hammer the A button where he basically stretches it against the tension of his muscles and then you've got to quickly press the Y button for him to quickly pop it back into place but you've obviously deliberately failed on the first attempt so you then have to go and do it a second time to do it it's pretty visceral i i didn't do it oh can you not do it can you just leave it can you no has he still got a floppy arm then i just did nothing and then dr swinehead says oh for heaven's sake let me do it like like big b some kind of weak weak individual for not setting his own broken arm he just says oh for heaven's sake move and let me do it okay i just assumed that you basically had to do that i thought it was just almost like a qte no No, there you go how did you guys play this this a big b here i mean were you kind of ah because i think at one point you can you can almost make him panic aren't you he's saying oh my arm or you can be a little bit oh i i I didn't. Bigby said absolutely nothing in this scene. My Bigby, he was just completely silent the whole mm. way through. Yeah, 
either yeah, I either went for the silent or the hard man option, whichever one was there. So basically, yeah, pretty I would just much say nothing. I'd yeah. be like, I'm fine. I've had worse type thing. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. seemed to be what I imagined he would be saying. Um, whilst yeah. he's doing that, he Doctor Swinehart asks snow for the room to finish off his work but uh, at this point colin makes an appearance for the first time in quite a long time i love colin yeah, over to Big Bait. yeah. yeah it's uh the game i think one thing we probably all agree on definitely is the game should have had more colin i hope there's more colin to come yeah um i kind of kept my usual line that i've had with him so far and told him to shut up and allow the doctor to do his work and he the doctor is basically telling big me that one more silver round and he's done for so Swineheart instructs Snow White to look after Big Bay and takes his leave. And you can see actually there's a bit of a sea change here because Snow's obviously been quite affected, I think, by what had happened to Big Bay and what she saw happen to him because I thought this is the first point in the game where she has shown any real sign of affection towards Big Bay. And mm-hmm. there seemed to be some genuine concern. She came across and put her hands on his arm and basically asked him how he was doing. And I think she says along the lines of that he was in a pretty bad way before the doctor found him. So there obviously is, on what level, I'm not too sure, but obviously she does care about him, but whether that's on a... As and a that's soon or... over, isn't it? Well, yes, it's because uh, this is the thing. It's uh, the, I wondered if this was maybe just my play style, but um, Colin starts to make some inquiries as to what's been happening and starts to offer some of his thoughts on the matters and basically they all seem to be in agreement that the well it's one of two things that the crooked man has obviously appeared out of the shadows effectively and he is either is either he's desperate or he just feels that now he can just effectively act with impunity um bigby and colin in my play seem to be a bit pissed at snow that she'd given away crane because obviously that was maybe the one thing that they had in their favour by by still having him. So they've effectively... you you can definitely you can definitely play it like that. I mean, Colin is staring the pot here, isn't he? Because he ba- yeah. he basically invites Big B to blame her, yeah, for hand you know not not thank her for saving his life, but to blame her for giving up Crane, yeah. And so... you can I I thanked her for saving my life. I didn't yeah, have a go with her for for giving up Crane, but you can do you can yeah. play it like that. So th- this was funny because I felt that I was playing the same role as you, Chris. I-, I thanked her for saving my life, said that it was what she needed to do at that point in time. But still, in the end, she- she's not very nice, is she? I mean, it, it feels as if the stuff that we did in-, in these first couple of choices should have led her to be more understanding in the in the latter part of this conversation. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, she's got this being upon it, hasn't she, that she's- it's time to get tough. You know, yeah, she's exactly. in charge, exactly. brain's gone. No, no yeah, matter what you you yeah. say, because it feels as if she shouldn't have had that when you you would make the choices we did. I mean, when you take her side on the whole delivering crane to the crooked man and so on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got it in my notes here that snow's a pain in the ass. Yeah, me too. So I, I took uh, Colin's I think, side yeah. at the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's not really been like that before, and you know, I think you can you know you can pass it off narrative wise to say like you know now that crane is gone, she's effectively now in charge isn't mm. she so she's assuming a leadership role but she really was i think i agree with you Matt. i mean I, I imagine her dialogue towards the end of the scene is the same however you've spoken to her yeah, and i yeah. imagine it would ring more true if you'd taken a bit of an adversarial stance with her yourself yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and 
over the course of the conversation, they effectively realise that there's a lot more to the Crooked Man than the common loan shark that they maybe had thought him to be initially. Um, yeah, we and- still don't know his motives, do we? I mean, if we assume that the Crooked Man is the killer, which I think is just an assumption at the moment because we don't know for sure, I don't think that the Crooked Man himself is the killer. No, like- I think there's a big twist to come. What is, I mean, what is the Crooked Man's game? Is he just a loan shark? And I've got another question about the Crooked Man in a sec, but, you know, what do we think? Like, is he just a loan shark? Yeah, I think he's just a mobster-type character, isn't he, I think? Why would he be killing prostitutes? I don't think we're meant to know. I mean, this is more of just an open question, something that the game needs to answer, I think, in the last episode. I don't know. Well, we see, don't we, when there's a bit with... Um... So, so I've got some guesses as to why he's killing prostitutes and, and who's well, been is killing... He, you, think he, you think he is killing prostitutes? Do we think it's... Because there's this whole neck neck sure. thing, isn't there? The neck back, the ribbon. neck cheek, the ribbon. ribbon, yeah. So so we, we know how they, they died, actually, at the end of this episode. Yeah, they take the ribbon off. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so is my, it so... my guess is, is that the, the troll, that the Ichabod Crane took the ribbon off by... You know, by accident because he, he didn't match the the the, the picture he was trying to make. Yeah, yeah. So that's how he got involved. Oh, okay. But let's see. So you think the killings were just accidents rather than murders? I, I think the the second killing was an accident. The, the first one, Faith was probably uh, she didn't come back with the money that she was supposed to. Yeah, so she was killed. Mm. And it's a yeah. result of whoever's put this curse on these ribbons, which we don't yes. know. Do we? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of questions still unanswered here. Mm. Yeah, mm. and this I think exciting that, to see. That theory probably holds a lot of water in the next scene. So, yeah, with one of my interactions. So, we'll have a look at that. Um, just before you move on, just one point on the crooked man. So, reading his blurb on the fables, you know, in the in the menu in the extras, it says there that he he's a general all round bad guy and he's known for murdering his wife and children. Mads, you said the same thing about Bluebeard. Bluebeard murders his wife's, I mean, plural. Okay. He he, he marries people or women and, and kills them. That's right. what it says in his description. Okay. Or he how, used to, at least. How dark, though, is the Crooked Man? And how dark is this game at times? I, mm. I mean, if, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not there out there in the game, but if it's there in the blurb, he murdered his wife and children. Yeah. yeah. I think what this episode is probably the down. darkest one yet, actually, especially towards the end. Um, yeah. Um, so out of this, that Snow effectively surmises that this has been a long time coming, the events that they're currently living in, um, given how they've, as in her, Big B, kind of the whole department, have been conducting themselves. And she's adamant that it's now time to do things differently. And this is where we start to see a bit of a change in her personality. She's obviously had something of a crisis of conscience in how they've been doing things. And she said it's now time to start doing them cleanly, no matter what. And, say in my play, Bigby, and neither Bigby or Colin were at all impressed by this. She says something along the lines of, this town has enough monsters, and what happened last night can't happen again. And I was like, yeah, you want a bet about that? We'll see about this. But it's... <laughs> uh, this one was quite good. Uh, Colin, obviously, he effectively leapt to my defence and uh, reminds Snow that Bigby gets a job done by doing it his way and always has done. Yeah. Which actually earned him probably my first and only thank you of the game. So <laughs> I haven't been a complete bastard to him. I did say thank you. Um, it Everybody was short. likes bacon. 
it was short lived, as we'll find out later on. But the I just put a note there that effectively Snow seems to be taking a new role as the the deputy mayor, a little bit too seriously for my liking, and yeah. she seems to be. Um, and now she basically continues her demands. Not only this, she's now saying she's now all of a sudden demanding that all the unglamoured fables are to be kept at the farm. Um, yes, without without exception. So she's uh, she's she's coming. It's the well, in her head, there's a new sheriff in town. I think, which I don't take too kindly to. But um, <laughs> I told her that I'm not going to enforce that because I said it's impossible to do so, and she seemed to be adamant that it was. So the um, myself and Snow seem to be on a bit of a collision course at the moment with one another. Um, yeah, say there's a couple of times we we clashed on, on, yeah. on decisions. Yeah, and it's kind of been building. See, my, my... My big beast still well and truly under Snow's thumb to some extent, and although he didn't really agree with her, he, you know, ultimately she is the boss and, yes, boss. and also oh, she's, Chris. She's a, you know, he fancies the pants off her, doesn't oh, he? So mate, it's not, you, but you can't send Colin to the farm. No, but when she'd gone, I said, ah, "Don't worry, Colin. She'll change her mind." <laughs> he, and he seemed all right with that. He, you know, yeah. Colin. Colin gets some matters of the heart. You know, always rule matters of the head. Well, there's a part later on, and again, it talks about just where we've said that sometimes the the events don't necessarily fit the narrative that you've tried to play it with. And I, I'd, on that note, I had a, a similar experience in one of the later scenes, which annoyed me slightly, but we'll talk mm. about that in due course. Um, Bigby and Snow's little clash, their little tiff here, was interrupted by the phone ringing, and Snow asks it to find Buffkin on the line, and she relays the message that Larissa is waiting at Bigby's office for him and the this maybe I thought at this point at least confirmed our suspicions in the last episode yeah. that there's there's more to come from her mm. for the first time I you'd mentioned it Chris I had a bug here where my game froze and I couldn't get it to there was basically nothing that was working I had to do a hard reset and start this scene all over again in much the same way Are as you, you had you're playing on series x Yes. So I I had this again in this episode. The scene. I had two. At... Did you have one in the corridor with Beauty and the Beast? Yeah, with with Beauty and Beast. The Beauty and Beast scene. It yep. crashed at the end of that. Okay. And not only did I have to do a reset, my Xbox basically melted down, and I had to completely unplug it for twenty four hours oh, before it would work again. No way. Yeah. Yeah. So I switched over to the Series X, and obviously with the cloud save, I could just continue, mm. right? Um, and it was fine. So I think I'm gonna. I don't know whether there's an issue with my Xbox One or, but that's twice now. Well, I see this was on the Series X. I got it in the same yeah, places, weird. so I don't know. Maybe you, it's just this episode. Are you playing the digital version, Andy? I know Chris, you're playing the yeah, you're not playing from the physical media. Are you? No, it's just I've got like the a version. Sort of yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I've been yeah, playing so it on on the Steam Deck, and I haven't had a single issue. Okay. Yeah. And interestingly, the disc did read in the Series X because I think you had the trouble with the Xbox One disc. So I I wanted to play this on the Xbox, but I I couldn't read my Xbox One disc. Uh see the Series X they uh, did worked on mine thankfully. Okay. Um, otherwise, I might have struggled to get through this because I had that one window to play it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that was the same for me. Um, I basically sat down to play it and uh, I thought, please don't let this kind of um, be a prolonged problem because I, I was on borrowed time to get this episode done. Thankfully, I got it working again. Um, so Snow heads back to the office uh, with Bigby to go and see Nerissa. 
However, there was one last chance to tell Colin that he's on his way to the farm as I go out the door, which was great. <laughs> and it came up with the uh, the little strap line, you chose to enforce the rules. I quite liked that. Oh, yes. I saw myself as a Judge Dredd type character. <laughs> I am the law. <laughs> so Colin's on his way See, back. Mike right. Bigby's like Jack Bauer. Gets the job done. You guys oh. have seen 24, right? Yeah, no, yeah. but I'm aware of the character. Mm. Oh, Jack, see, Jack Bauer gets the job done. Not always within the rules, sometimes completely breaking them. But my God, does that man, he's principled and he gets the job done. That's <laughs> big oh, well, I, told, I told Colin he, he can stay. He's, yeah, keep his, yeah, keep his uh, chain smoking self in, in, the, uh, in the apartments. Well, this, this Did was... you see how many cigarettes butts were in the <laughs> ashtray background there? Yeah, uh... did, you guys, did you see that? It was about 200. Brilliant. I love him. <laughs> well, that was clearly he reminds up. me of my old mate, Billy. <laughs> which will mean absolutely nothing to nobody unless some of my really old friends listen to this. Billy the Tabber. The um, It was clearly a minority decision. Did you send Colin to the farm? You and 19.4% did, which I think has been the lowest percentage of any of the choices I've seen in the game. Mm. The PC percentage was uh, that me and... 85.5% did not send calling to the farm. Made the oh, right there you decision. go. Yeah, so the PC oh, wow. stats would be lower if you did actually send them to. Well, there mm. we are. Um, so Bigby leaves, heads out a corridor to his security office in the same building and then opens up the door to see uh, a smiling Nerissa waiting there for him, which that's effectively the prologue over and takes us through the intro and then into chapter one official of the episode, which takes place in Bigby's office. So... You go in, Bigby invites Nerissa to sit down. Um, I thought, I mean, Bigby looks like an absolutely, he looks like he's absolutely burst. He's hes in pretty bad shape. And there's actually a bit of an awkward silence between him and Nerissa until she decides to speak up. And, well, first and foremost, she inquires if he's okay. Obviously, she saw him, I, I think she said something along the lines of, after the state I saw you in last night, because... We said at the very end, look very good. Yeah. yeah, so we obviously know that she saw everything that happened. Um, she seems to be very keen to help, but obviously she's still unable to due to this enchantment on her. And my big, I don't know if this was for the same for you guys, but he actually lost his temper quite quickly, and um, I think he basically had little patience for the kind of how the the whole kind of uh, the little sort of act was playing out again. And he comments on the ribbon that's on her neck and says on the lines of that Faith obviously was wearing one too. And mm. um, she says, like, I think she she asked him if he liked it. And I was trying to work out, if, was that her trying to keep him on the right track, do you think? Or was that uh, kind of a ploy by her? Was that her trying to find a way to get him to keep asking questions about it, I think? That's what I um, thought. Mm. That's what I thought. Yeah, my big B, by the way, didn't lose his patience at any okay. point with her. So it's oh, how you played him before, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, mine did. Mine was. I was like, yeah, cut the ball. Yeah, oh, that's basically exactly to that. To the, cut the ball. Yeah, get to the bottom of this. Yeah. 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 Um, so so we, my my so, sorry, my strategy here was not to ask questions because I thought he, she can't answer questions. So we need to make it a conversation whereby it just flows without Bigby asking a direct question because she clearly yeah. can't answer them. Yeah. It, did never, well. it did never really go anywhere. Yeah. So, yes, because obviously we have discussed it, but just when we're talking about this, obviously he's established that there's 
Revan has got something to do. Who else has them? So Faith had one. Lily had one. She's Vivian? got one. Does Vivian have one? I think so. I couldn't remember if she does or not. I can't remember now to the top of my head. I think she does. I can't remember. I'll need to check that. I'll, I'll become very apparent in the next episode. Anyway, I couldn't remember if she did or didn't. Um, did Beauty have one? I don't think she did, did she? No, no, Beauty no, have one. no. No. Big B from this deduces it's a ribbon that's preventing her from talking. And <laughs> I said, am I not see only one way to find out? So I decided to try and take the ribbon off her neck. Yeah, so did I, yeah. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) let's find out what this is all about. And she completely freaks out when he tries to remove it. Yeah, And basically, yeah, jumps up out of her chair and basically backs up right against the wall and says to him, basically, you cannot do that. So we obviously realised that that would make sense with maybe what we've just discussed previously. So the and funny she's thing is, that aware this is where, where the, the chain falls off, as it does sometimes. I opted not to do that, but just to walk over and talk to her. And she reacted in pretty much the same way. And I, I was I, watching that, I definitely knew that that was the same response I would have gotten if I had tried to, pay, to take it uh, off. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. A shame. Yeah. yeah, that's not so good. Um, Big B obviously gets by, the message. By the way, I, I just checking it. Vivian does actually have the ribbon on. She does have one. Okay. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. That's good to know. Um, so all the girls at the club, all the girls at the pudding and pie, have got them. Yeah, even the one that's in favour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So Bigby gets a message. He reassures so he'll fix it, and that obviously seemed to come as a great relief to her. Uh, she takes his hand in hers at that point, but they get interrupted by a knock at the door, and suddenly she's back on high alert, saying, "Nobody can know that I'm here," and she grabs him by the arm he gets up to go and answer the door she grabs him by the arm as he passes and he's pleading with him not to tell anyone about their conversation but rather awkwardly she's still holding his arm as snow white opens the door and <laughs> she is looking less than pleased by the the scene that she's just uh, stumbled upon effectively um she's there to tell bigby that they've had a call from Beauty and Beast, and they want to talk to Bigby, and they reckon it's something obviously in relation to Crane, because obviously that was where it got left at within the uh, in the open arms. And now I wasn't one hundred percent sure about this. So obviously Nerissa is prevented from saying anything explicitly, but she said something along the lines of, "There seemed to be some heavy hinting from her that she should go and see Beauty." Yes. Yeah, that was it. There was nothing yeah. kind of there was there was nothing beyond it. There was no other, there wasn't something else I'd missed. It, it was literally no, he just said you should yeah, definitely yeah, go see your friends. Yeah, you should you should go take that call and go and see them. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, it, it's a strange scene. This isn't it because I mean, other than that little bit at the end where she says, "Oh yeah, you should really go," it's she doesn't really. No, do we, we do learn about say... the the ribbons, which is quite important, and which I feel yeah, is I going to be really important of... later on. Yeah, but Bigby jumps to a really big conclusion here because he jumps to the conclusion and he tells Snow, oh, the others died from their ribbon being taken off. Well, Mm, she didn't... Nerissa didn't say that she would die. Nah, but that's pretty much what she shows by the way that she reacts, isn't it? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I felt that there was... You know, it's not. I quite like a bit of economy in the writing, but I definitely mm. feel like there was a conclusion or two being jumped to here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. could be, yeah. could be. Yeah, I think. Did you get the percentages? By the way, you you tried to remove the the ribbon. How many percent did that? 
Or was that uh, one that had a percentage attached to it, was it? It yeah. was, yeah. On Xbox, uh, myself and 39% of players tried to remove the ribbon. Yeah. So you tried as well. Okay. Okay. So on the PC, it was uh, 30... No, 63.8% didn't remove the ribbon. I, I didn't remove the ribbon. Okay, so comparable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're not yeah. too dissimilar, yeah. Um, so based on that, Snow and Big Bay surmise that they need to they do need to go and see Beauty and Beast. And as they're walking there, Snow effectively recalls to Big Bay how Beauty had come to see her a while back. Now, I thought initially they were talking about the, the first meeting, but I think this is obviously a subsequent one. And she was saying that they were looking for help, which she didn't give. And Beauty had said at the uh, the time that she'd basically have to go elsewhere for the money, which well, I think we now know means that she went to go and see the, the Crooked Man, or about to find mm. out that she went to go and see the Crooked Man. Um, Snow actually left us quite abruptly as we get to the elevator there, claiming she has other matters to attend to. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Something's off about Snow. Definitely, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think my... I, I definitely think she has. There's, I think there's going to be some big revelations about her in the next episode. Yeah, our spidey senses are all tingling there, aren't yeah. they? It's yeah. just something, something not right. Yeah. Uh, the next scene takes place at Beauty and Beast's apartment, which is again within the Woodland apartments. You come out of the lift here to hear Beauty and Beast arguing over her employment in the open arms, because I guess this is the morning after they'd. Um, yeah. they'd come across each other and all that had happened and this is a great scene by the way it was really good yeah I made a point really of standing good. out in the corridor to listen to the whole conversation and yeah. they're each accusing yeah. one another of keeping secrets and you can realise that their, their relationship maybe isn't quite as um, as solid or as rosy as it maybe appears to everybody from the outside there is you get the option to try and open the door and Beast is Beast opens it but he obviously doesn't seem very happy or even to um, know why Big B's there and I asked him if he'd called and obviously Beast realises as a consequence that it must have been Beauty that's made the phone call without him knowing and he says something along the lines of she's been doing a lot of that lately type thing and I think the fact that it's Big B is obviously just some extra salt in the wounds for him given all the recent events Beauty overhears this and comes across this is a point at which I had another freeze. It cut the point in the corridor where you, I think you're supposed to walk in, but I couldn't do anything. I couldn't move. Interesting. There was nothing yeah. to interact with, nothing at all, so I had to start this. But thankfully, this scene just took me back to when yeah. you walk out the elevator. It wasn't like beforehand yeah. where I had to replay sort of 10 minutes worth of choices and everything. Um, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit of a buggy mess, actually, isn't it? It's the joys of playing a Telltale game. They've always yeah. been like this. Yeah. Oh, yes. For like for such basic games as well, that in relative terms, it's uh, mm. yeah, it does seem funny. Um, I basically told Beast that I'm coming in, and uh, I was I, I was quite I was quite pleased to see that he respected my authority, and he unlocked the door and he lets me in to go and speak to Beauty. I don't know if it makes any difference if you take a softer line with him or not. I guess he just... I I took a softer line in the end. He just... he just I asked to speak to Beauty and then he just lets him in. Right. Okay, okay. Yeah, either way. So we get in Beauty and Beast step out of the room and they're basically having a discussion about Bigby being there and Beauty's trying to get reason to him about why she called and effectively saying that they're now out of options. But Beast clearly still has some reservations about getting help and the fact that that help is Bigby particularly I think is the the main yeah. sticking point 
This gives Big B a chance to have a wee look around her apartment, and it's a very nice apartment, very ostentatious apartment. Um, Big B comments actually on this when they re-emerge, asking that he thought they'd had, or he says something along the lines of, I thought you guys had money problems, with they've got probably mm. like the most expensively decorated apartment in the Woodland Buildings, probably. Um, one slight kind of, not criticism, I think, but Chris, I'm sure you'll empathise with me more maybe on this one. Does it not annoy you sometimes when you walk into one of these rooms and you've got multiple interaction points, but it won't let you interact with them all before it moves the story on? Um, what, so you can run out of time? I, I think you could run out... It's a case of, say, perhaps there's five points of interest that you can interact with. I've had it quite a few times where maybe on the third or the fourth, the story moves on before you've had a chance to look at the fourth or fifth. Yeah. It feels as if it isn't time. It's more that the, there's there are five interaction points and yeah, one of them one is of them just going to move the story yeah. along. Yeah. 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 yeah, I've had that a few times as well. Yeah, but you don't know which one this the trigger is. is. And so you this miss is out. definite. This is time based. This one for sure. Yeah, this one is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's others further on where yeah, because um, I made a couple of notes a bit further on as well, and I've had it already as well. I don't know. It just feels that it just seems a bit of a shame where if you're there's such limited environmental storytelling anyway that I think it's a shame that you miss out on the opportunity just to have a look at some of these little nuggets that are they we were talking about it in the previous one, and I think it was uh, John Shepard was saying that obviously not everything needs to push the plot along and I completely agree with that I think it's actually sometimes there are some things that are just nice to look at and think oh that's there for that reason or that relates to that it's got nothing to do with the main story so I just uh, there's there's such limited interactions in the game in the first place that yeah if you end up missing out on one or two of them where there's only five in the room I feel a little bit cheated by that yeah I mean I would have felt like that in episode one but i think by now i've come to realize that these things that you can look at are generally really uninteresting yeah so i don't really care if i don't get to click on them all like this is a classic example like the bookcase or the ornament case he just knocks on the side of it taps it yeah Uh, why i think to check the quality of it and to realize that that's obviously (laughs) what the oh uh, is that what he's doing i think realizing that you know to come when he when he sort of confronts him about the uh Obviously, anything in there being so expensive, I think he's a bit of you know, oh, that's a very nice handcrafted cabinet you've got here, type thing. But yeah, um, yeah. this played out really well. This, from a directional sense, this played out really well for me because I, I did click on all the objects, and then I was just about. So the animation had started for him to knock on the door, like his hand was pulled back when right. it opened. Okay, and I okay. know it doesn't play out like that every time because I have to play the scene twice. And on the second time, I didn't click on any of the interactables and I just knocked on the door and he does interrupt the conversation. So okay, okay. the first time played out really nicely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, good when it works like that then, definitely. Um, Beauty and Beast emerge from the room and Beast suggests that they might actually be able to help, but they need some assurances from Big B that they will be able to get the Crooked Man. Otherwise, they're going to be first on his list or next on his yeah. list did, did, did anyone else get the impression that they outright sort of pretty much ask him to, to make sure that the uh, the crooked man's a, a goner I yep. got this very directly at Definitely. the end of the scene yeah mm. yeah. not so much at this point but at the end um, yeah there was a, a very there was nothing uh, subtle about what they were asking me to do no. whatsoever no. Um, no, and I did reassure them that I'd protect them. Okay. I, I, I thought that Big B's probably writing checks that he can't uh, he can't cash there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, of course. Yeah, yeah, just give me the information first. 
I, I thought they were both just so bloody stupid so that yeah. I didn't want to project them at the end. So I just said, I'm, I'm going to do my job. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, that was yeah, very much my take it by the end. He must have said about three times, look, we've got a certain lifestyle that we need yeah, to exactly. maintain. Like, yeah. He really was starting yeah. to cheese me off. Yeah. Beast is a great character, actually, and he's meant to be annoying, isn't he? I think. Yeah, but they just come across as quite that. sort of privileged idiots, effectively. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Um, whilst he's trying to justify the um, their existence and the um, the reasons for um, living the way they do, the phone rings and they both look very nervous about this, and it goes to the answer phone. Beast goes to try and pick it up, but I actually stopped him and told him to stay yeah, right where too. he was. Yeah, and yeah. who was the voice on the phone? We don't know. We don't know. It wasn't the caller, right? I see. So I put in my notes. It, it wasn't Bluebeard. I thought it was. Was it Jersey Devil? Oh, maybe. Mm, Could be. Maybe. Yeah. I. I could be sure who it was. Um, Yeah. At this point, yeah, we didn't. Yeah. Whoever it was, they left a very threatening message for them, and he says that he knows they'd have paid by now if they actually did have the money. So they need to start thinking about how else they might be able to pay the debt. And on the the Fables Wiki trivia, apparently it's the first and only time. That the caller is heard in the whole game. Uh, okay, all right. Oh. Okay. Mm. It's a I red herring. Okay, I tried to pick the phone up, but uh, it was too late. It had just gone dead as I picked it up. And he, uh, I think he finishes off his voicemail by saying that he'll be making a house call, uh, which all mm. sounds very ominous. So Bigby's concerning, or his only concern really, is in finding the crooked man and. He presses him a little bit more, and Beauty reveals that she actually bought, she did borrow some money from him um, at the Lucky Pawn, which is where he operates his uh, his nefarious practices out of. And she find out about him and his loans through the Jersey Devil, and this is obviously the first um, the first we've heard of him. Uh, but he's obviously very well known to Big B because he says in the lines of, "Oh yeah, that slimy prick." So he obviously yeah. knows, he obviously knows very well who he is. Um. And it also sounds as though many of the other kind of down and outs, uh, the down and out fables, have been visiting there for various reasons. Um, I had a note here, so and I don't know if I've already been there or not. So Bloody Mary had Woody's axe that he pawned. Did Big yeah. Bay comment on that? He goes, he goes looking for it, doesn't he? That at the pawn shop. But I didn't realise mm. that it was. Um, the woodcutter's axe when we no. when we saw the whole no likewise in the last... that one completely passed me by when she yeah, came out the yeah. car when she picked that axe out the car that was yeah that one passed me by um yeah and then as bigly makes his way to leave beast also tells him that he's been delivering packages for the butcher as well so you know the pair of them are hardly the pair of them are far from innocent it's not like the um the I, well i think they're probably naive they're kind of uh you know kind of a, a Tim Nicebit Dim couple, I think, where I, I don't think they quite <laughs> realise the seriousness of the... Um, Geronimo! <laughs> of maybe quite what, what they were getting themselves involved in. And uh, Beast says that he came into their services after visiting Butcher to fix his fridge one night. And it was Mary, um, Bloody Mary, who'd paid him and had l- ended up enlisting his services due to the fact that he was reliable and all this sort of stuff. And uh, Beast says there was no other work to be had. And there was this sort of the closing comment was where he says, you know, as former royalty, effectively, they just want to feel a little bit of the life they used to have. And says to Bigby, you wouldn't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 
That got... He needs a proper slap, Beast, yeah. doesn't he? Again, another slap. Yep. Um, yes, that, I was very pleased to see the the option there of F period, off period. That's, uh, that's, that, that's what they got in that one. Um, yeah, me too. Mads, <laughs> just before we jump on, when they were talking about their time before they moved to Fable Town, in any of the comics, do they ever go back to the Fable land? I have, not, not those that I've read, but I haven't read that many. Because I, I was thinking it would be, it, after seeing this sort of like very sort of noir, if you like, the take on it, mm. it'd be fun to sort of go back yeah. to yeah. It's like yeah. fairy tale land and, and see I, it. I'm guessing they, they probably do like. at some point because yeah. the, the whole the comics is about the whole battle of, uh, well, both the tension between the, the fables living in the city and the fables at the farm. Mm. And also the battle between the fables and the adversary in, in the in the fable world. So I'm I'm guessing they they need to go there at some point. But I I haven't read that many of them. There. Netflix need to pick this up, man. Yeah, yeah, it'd be it amazing. Would, it? it could be a brilliant series. Yeah, it'd be yeah. a successor to Grimm. You yeah. know, it would be mm. it'd be really good. That reckon be a lot of interest. Mm. Yeah, if it had a decent budget and everything, they could do it so well. It'd be great. Um. Big decision time here, so we've got to go either to the Lucky Pawn or to the Butchers. Uh, we know that Mary is most likely to be operating out of the Butchers, and it, uh, the Crooked Man may or may not be um, at the Lucky Pawn. Um, just before we make that decision, this was where uh, this is a point at which Beauty and Beast uh, ask Big B if he's able to make their problem go away, as in, would you mind just knocking off the Crooked Man for me? Um, mm. And like I say, I don't. I didn't like the uh, the cut the jib one bit, so um, they basically got told I don't fix debts, and that's yeah, that's what problem. I said as well. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, right. Who went where? I went to the pawn. I went Same. to the pawn. Oh, we yep. all went to the pawn. Okay, okay. Ah. <laughs> I, 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 I was I was ninety nine percent sure. I thought one of you will deliberately have gone to the pot. You, I think the butchers would be the less the less chosen one, which I think the stats generally not, just. Not. Okay. Yeah, not, it's pretty much a 50-50 split almost on Xbox, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Not on PC. It says that the 36% uh, went to the Lucky Pawn first, so uh, most okay. of the people actually went to the Butcher. Yeah, 51.7% went to the Lucky Pawn, so oh, yeah, mm, okay. Jim says almost 50-50. Um, mm. All right, no worries. Well, uh, well if, if we all went there, do one of you guys, does anybody want to talk about the Lucky Pawn? Or do you want me to go through with my notes? So at the Lucky Pawn, we meet Jack. Jack. Yeah. Of yes. Jack Gate fame. <laughs> yep. Jack Gate. I promised to mention Jack Which Gate. Jack was again, it? So, uh, uh, yes, all of them. So Jack, Jack, Jack <laughs> works the at the Lucky Pawn. And uh, he, he doesn't want to tell us anything about what's going on at all. But uh, luckily, while we try to get some, some facts out of him about the Woody's axe, for example, um, the, the Jersey Devil interests himself. Oh, and, and Toad's there as well. Toad's there. Yeah, he is. He's trying, trying to get rid of the coat, isn't he? Yeah, he's trying Sell to flog the, the jacket. Yeah. jacket, right? Yeah, he's such, a tr- he's such a chance of Toad, isn't he? Trying yeah. to pull yeah. his jacket. I like and Toad. The Colin and Toad, they're, they're staying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're brilliant. I like Toad as well. Mm. But yeah. then Jersey Devil comes, and then uh, action commences. Yes. Yeah. Apparently, if you didn't kill Tweedledum as well, he's also in this scene. Oh, Tweedledum okay. is in the scene. If you didn't kill him. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, very yeah. good. So he's very angry about us actually killing Tweedledum. Mm. So that just made me want to kill him even more. So. Yes. I mean, uh, in this, this guy, 
to do as a devil. <laughs> yeah. And it definitely does seem like it might be kind of the... He just, he's got a really kind of horrible vibe about him. He just looks like a real sleazy bastard. He just looks horrible, the uh, the Jersey Devil. Um, mm. It looks like he's sort of maybe some sort of porn film producer or something in his spare time. He's, yeah. got, he's got that yeah. sort of look about him. And it's pretty of... obvious, isn't it, that they're all, they're all up to their eyeballs in it because it, you find that the axe was there and then Jack's denying yeah. that the axe was ever there and then yeah. he comes in and... They're all up to their all up to their eyeballs in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. And you can see that obviously there's a lot of bad blood between Bigby and Jersey as well because he starts winding him up about Crane over the crooked man, or uh, sorry, he starts winding him up about having handed Crane over to the crooked man and, mm. and kind yeah. of almost you know effectively saying to him, you know, you've got nothing on me, type copper. It's um, but whilst the Whilst kind of I was getting a little bit in the uh, involved with him, this is the point at which Woody spied a display case and find that his axe that they, as you say, had denied all knowledge of having, had actually been in there, and uh, he flies off the handle. I thought, well, this is great. Maybe he's going to do the job for me on Jersey here, and uh, the two of us get into a proper tussle with one another. But it's. it's Size kind of size and build kind of belies his strength really because it suddenly looks like Jersey might be quite handy in a fight, and so yeah. I you get the option to either restrain him or restrain Woody, so I restrained Jersey. I I, yeah. I assume we all did mm. the same. Yeah, yeah. I, would, yeah. I would be holding Woody back there. I, I I've grown to really like Woody. I like Woody. Um, yeah, he's a bit, yeah he's a very sad. It's it's he's actually a really sad character, Woody, isn't he? Yeah, mm. he is now. Yeah. yeah, a real broken man. Um, there's the option to punch Jersey, which I did, but this is a point. I wasn't sure whether it was the case that maybe Bigby was still recovering or whether this was an indication of maybe who Jersey actually is, but it's got surprisingly little effect when you punch him. And uh, he gives Jersey, this is, gives Bigby a huge shot back in the side and wins him, and it just looks like a very, very sore punch that he takes. And I'm thinking to myself, this might have been a mistake. <laughs> but you um, it leads into a quick time event where you get into a bit of a wrestling match with them but it's great there was the option to uh, Bigby doesn't mess around when he gets in a fight he no. he grabbed him by the head and effectively slams his head onto the, the glass cabinet but you've got the That's choice you can choose can't you yeah, yeah you can choose there's a nice round globe off to one side or there's like a pot that's got all these nice spiky sharp things in it so yeah. clearly that's the one to go for if his head's going <laughs> yeah. through the glass it's going onto that one uh, which he manages this to is, do. This is really violent, isn't it? I mean, this, this feels scene like is, yeah. a, an escalation in the violence. I mean, I know the game is violent pretty much right from the start, but this this feels like the most violent thing we've seen so far. Yeah, the gloves are well and truly off at this stage. And whilst you're doing that, or while you're about to effectively finish him off with that, Woody ends up pulling you off him and uh, starts barking at Big Bear that it's his fight. But whilst the two of them are having an argument about who's actually going to go and fight him, <laughs> he undergoes this transformation and yeah. into we assume the Jersey Devil, not somebody that I knew about again. <laughs> Just no. again showing my uh, my continuing ignorance of fairy tales. Um, mm. I think it looks this... like a, a skeletal horse with horns. Yeah, like yeah, it's got yeah. a freaky mm. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I think a more a more modern one as well, isn't it? A more modern fable. Uh, the Jersey, the Jersey Devil, I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so he pins Woody to the ground and starts laying into him in his new trans 
formed form. Um, but uh, Bigby goes running across and gives him a, a big boot like he's co- converting a rugby ball. And uh, you, know, you can see that he's also started to transform as well. Because I was, would be a wee bit concerned that Bigby, because of his injuries, had lost his ability to transform. But um, you can see that he's effectively nope. in his phase one transformation. Um, whilst they're all scrapping, a cabinet swings open and reveals that Woody's axe is indeed in the shop and hanging up there. Um, you're playing whilst you're doing while that's happening. You're playing the uh, you've got some QTE events to uh, to work your way through that will I guess determine whether or not you avoid um, Jersey's attacks. And so the fact that Woody's axe is in the shop does that mean that Snow didn't take it and use it? Mary, you mean Mary. Mary. Sorry, Mary. God, but she, br- I think Mary. she, she just, brought, just it brought it back. Yes. Yeah. Oh, we assume she brought it back. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Because it was in the case initially, and I think yeah, I think she's used it and has brought mm. it back. And okay, uh, I'm not quite sure what the yeah. kind of the longer term plan, but it was. Um, but uh, so, you, if the um, jersey takes a running leap at you, and you parry it. He ends up on the ground, and he's lying there beneath the security shutter which you can then slam down on him. Of course you can. Yeah, and then there's a few more QTEs where you dodge some attacks, but then you rip one of his antlers off and mm. stab him in the stomach with it. And yeah. then the uh, the fight starts to get very messy because Jersey grabs Bigby's, well, only just... Oh, yeah. And it starts, starts burrowing into his open oh. wound basically it's absolutely horrendous it's, it really um, is horrific but uh, Woody gets a chance for a bit of payback for obviously for what happened to him and swings his axe right at the top of Jersey's head and then the well again you had the option here of two things I went for what I thought it looked like the biggest one so I picked up the blacksmith's anvil and uh, dropped it onto Jersey's head <laughs> and that seemed pretty effective it's basically slowing him down as it, you would imagine it would do um it didn't kill him, though. No, no. And uh, he's in a bad way, but he's still got enough about him to... He's still got a lot of fighting talk in him for this stage and says that yeah. we'll, we'll never be able to find a crooked man by virtue of how he moves around and he uses these yeah. magic portals, basically, or magic doors to... And they're never in the same place. And uh, the only reason that Crane was able to find him was by using a magic mirror, which at this point doesn't seem to be an option for him. Um mm. There's a chance to have one last shot, so I, I gave him a quick stomp on my way out the door, and then we go to the. He tells us to go to the butcher's shop, um, and that the uh, the missing mirror piece is most likely there. So Do you can guys just stop at the pawn shop? Just uh, one final thing: when you got that option to give him that final stomp, were you also a bit disappointed that you didn't kill him? Because yeah. I was, I, I thought, okay, yeah, let's I thought, just kill this guy. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's an obviously, yeah, he's, he's obviously a dirtbag, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. how yeah. how does one kill him? Because he's got an axe implanted in his head. He's had an <laughs> anvil dropped on his head. Yeah. And, yeah. What what do you have to do? I'm and not I sure think Tweedledum was killed by just having his throat ripped out. Well, maybe that'll do it. Because I think he says at the end, I'm going to go nurse a sore head. I thought to myself, mm. Jesus, he <laughs> says it like he just had a few too many pints the yeah. night before. And... <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we saw that yeah. with Woody back in episode one as well, didn't we? Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah Woody's had an axe in his head in about... Yeah. I think this, this has all happened over the passage of about three days, hasn't it? Mm. Yeah. So, so just three days good. earlier... 
Yeah, would he have an axe sticking out of his head? Yeah, some fairly traumatic head injuries that most of them have managed to walk off. But and it, but that, I think that was the thing. That was maybe the only thing that maybe slightly surprised me about um, Dum was just you know the fact that he did die, um, given yeah. how how much abuse. Some so I I assume some fables are harder to kill than others. Is it, would that be the case? Could be. It doesn't it really. Like, yeah. yeah, it doesn't really sort Could of be. clarify it one way or the other. But um, yeah. This is feels like the finale for Woody though, doesn't it? The end of this scene. It does, feels yeah. Like yeah because the yeah. end of his. Yeah, I don't think it, we're going to see him in episode five. No, I don't. No, sadly you sort not. of sit in that taxi, don't you, and just watch him sort of walk off down that. Well, I didn't even offer him a smoke. I did. You know, I did. I did, of course, and yeah, then, yeah. and said, asked him if he was going to be okay when he left. So. Yeah, there was quite a nice little moment because mm. the. I thought this was effectively a goodbye from Woody here and I asked him what he's going to do now. I actually asked somebody a question which was nice and uh, he said something along the lines of uh, we've all got our roles to play and yeah, I gave him a smoke. Now, the... Very text- much... Uh, very, sorry, Andy. I was just no, very go, much go. a Rambo 2 style ending where Rambo just sort of walks off into the distance yeah. at the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. With just his, just his rucksack over his shoulder. and that's that's, it. Yeah, it's a, bit, it's a bit tropey, isn't it? But it was effective. Like, I thought it was... I thought, yeah. well... I actually felt really sorry for him. Yeah. Now, question time. The the taxi driver... Did you, rec- did you clock the taxi driver? No. 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 Do you remember way back at the start of episode one when I said there was that guy who in a suit who walked past us... And yeah. Snow White clammed up when she walked past him. Yeah, he was a he was a taxi driver. Oh, interesting. Oh, I didn't notice that. He's got like no. he's, he, he looks like the most, um, I, I guess, kind of insignificant. Part. He's he's like in a beige suit with a white shirt. I think a red tie on. He's got sort of a very bright. He just looks like he looks a bit of a wimp to be honest. But he's the one who when. You walk down the corridor that Snow White. I do just remember compl- that? Yeah, completely clammed up with, and then he was driving that taxi. I, I thought yeah. maybe, just maybe, the, and the fact that we're still got our doubts about Snow and quite how they're going yeah, to. It's f- certainly mm. interesting. Yeah, it could yeah. be. I mean, the, that that's very specific. I mean, it can't yeah. be a coincidence. Yeah, unless that was his job. Maybe he was just a taxi yeah. driver that was in the Woodlands building. Who knows? Um, so. We from there because we all did it in that order. Then I guess we all went to the cut above afterwards, the the butcher yeah. shop. Um, I quite like the fact when you go in there, there's a no smoking sign, and you get the option to keep yeah, smoking. Yeah, keep smoking. Of course you do. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it becomes apparent that this is obviously just a front for the business here. All the things that would normally signify a a functioning business. The ticket reels empty. The meat cuts are frozen solid in the counter. All this sort of stuff. You open a counter to make your way through the back, and just as you do so, there's this very placid-looking guy that appears from the back, but uh, he recognises Bigby, and um, I just got straight into business and asked him where the mirror shard was, mm. and yeah. he... So, yes. Narr- narratively, it seems to make more sense, go into the pawn shop and then go into the butchers, but I did read that you end up going to both locations regardless. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happened if it's kind of it's mm. a, yeah, it's, a rewritten it's weird scene. Well, it feels like when you go to the pawn shop, all it's doing is just sending you to the butchers. Because I thought when after the pawn shop, I was like, I should have just gone to the butchers. Because yeah, I mean, although although I really enjoyed the scene at the pawn shop for lots of reasons, the toad stuff and and it was really good. At the end of it, it's just like, well, you mm. need to go to the butchers. And so then, and then once you've got that 
mirror shard, there'd be no it's back real to reason. The but there'd be no real reason to go to the pawn shop, would there? No, so it must play out differently. You must I reckon you must find a shard that whichever is the second well, one that second. you go to. Yeah, possibly, yeah. Yeah. I don't I, know though. Yeah. I don't know, but it's um... listeners. Listeners, tell us, please, come onto Discord and tell us what happens if you do it the other way around. <laughs> there was a there was a really good scene here that I liked where, um, in order to get him to cooperate, because obviously he's not exactly playing ball at this point. Uh, there was Big B kind of went off on this minute long diatribe to him about why he looks the way he does and why it might be in his best interest to start cooperating. And <laughs> uh, Johan obviously gets the uh, gets the message that he's not here to. Um, He's he's not here to mess around. Um, he pretends that he's heard something out back and goes to wander out, but he presses obviously very deliberately. We see him mm. press a, a button as he goes through that's under the counter, some sort of panic button or the likes. And Bigby follows him, but obviously clocks this as as he's walking past as well. But he's already scarpered, so you're in one of these big meat lockers of the big meat freezers, and you you track him down at the back of the room. And I, you've basically got the option, I think, of doing it softly, softly. But I just grabbed him by the throat and started to squeeze to get the information out of him. Um, I say that we're getting to a critical point in the uh, in the investigation here. I don't have time for niceties. And yeah. So when yeah, you're tracking him through the the freezer, did anybody say anything, or do you keep quiet? Yeah. No, I kept quiet. quiet. Yeah. Yeah, I kept quiet as well. Didn't want to it, give it away his location, did he? No, exactly. Didn't feel. I mean, you you got like two or three times. You got the option to yeah. yell at him or. Mm. call out and I just kept quiet because I didn't want to say where I was yeah it's got um, that bit though walking through the freezer yeah, yeah it's, it's quite, quite tense, tense isn't it you know? yeah yeah you yeah. weren't quite sure what you were going to find um, I, I think on the whole as as much as he can be he seems to be actually be quite innocent and it seems as though his, yeah. sh- his shop is basically being used as a, as a front by primarily Mary and her crew um, and they've got a room out back that he's not even allowed into, uh, so he's none the wiser as to what's going on there. There is a Johan in all gangster fiction, isn't there? Like <laughs> it, the the innocent who hard work and bloke who basically gets put upon by a load of mobsters who take over his business, yeah, and use it as a front. I mean, it happens in Sopranos, in Goodfellas, it happens in almost all gangster fiction. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've got our Johan and. Um... The uh, Bigby busts open the shutter there to open up this room that until now he's been not even been given access to, and it effectively looks like a chemical lab almost, where we assume that's where they're they're making glamours, and yeah. uh, we can also see what that button was that he pressed right back at, yeah. in the front room, and it's just got a, a little light there with "run" written next to it. Yeah. So it probably was the case that whoever was there was there very recently, and uh, and have now disappeared sadly. Um, he uh, there's a few other things here that again there was just a few other things that you could interact with and we find there's a box of glamours most like the ones that Beast was delivering I think I can't remember if Bigby said that or not but I think um, I think he did yeah yeah, I think it, it was, was the um, packages with the Crooked Man logo on it, wasn't exa- it? I that's think. exactly mm-hmm. what it was. Yeah, well remembered. Yeah, exactly that and a few other things you can look at but there's um, there was nothing really of any other significance that I couldn't I don't think other than Crane's Did you find coat. the money? In Yeah, in the Crane's in his Crane's jacket. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> yeah. you've got to be careful because if you click on whatever pocket it is that's got the shard in, that will end the scene. Right. Yeah. Uh, so again, so, so this is one of those yeah. where there's a critical interaction. 
But yeah. yeah, there's other things. The only thing I didn't look at was the chalkboard. I assumed there was nothing. There wasn't. With and nothing very frustratingly, there's a, there's another chalkboard behind it that you can then slide back, and you think, oh well, that'll be the one. That... And he slides it back, and there's nothing on that one either. <laughs> weird, it's... isn't it? It's yeah. weird. Why do it? Why bother? Yeah, it was very odd. weird. Um, um, but yeah, you do find some money, and actually, it the money is relevant to a, something that happens in the next scene. But yeah, I got the money. Yep, before uh, finding the shot. A photo of Snow as well. He's still got the photo in his pocket. Bless him. I know, dirty. He's a dirty boy, isn't he? <laughs> he just can't help himself. He's a dirty, dirty old boy. man. Yeah, he's the eternal optimist. Bless him. And um, he's a he's a lo- he's lewd. He is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, uh, the mirror shard, the all important mirror shard, um, and as you go to music's leave... amazing here. By the way, just we don't we haven't mentioned the music much at all in this, but the music music in this episode is by far my favourite because it's really. But the music in this this scene, the way it builds as you're going round all the interactions and as you get closer to the shard, yeah, it's really really clever, very yeah. good. Yeah, Jared was... Emerson Johnson, isn't it? The um yeah, that's a very good point. Um yeah, there's been a couple of points, a couple of the uh, the emotional scenes earlier on as well that had some quite nice uh, really good in this episode of music. Really good. Yeah, yeah. Um as you go to leave, Johan is panicking and effectively saying you need to protect him and um I told him he was on his own and he said to me, You really are the big bad wolf and I just said mm-hmm. to him, If I were you I'd run. I quite like that. Um so, I was nice to him. So that concludes that scene and takes us to the second last one, actually, of the episode, which is back into the Fabletown business office in the late evening. As you walk in, Bluebeard and Snow are in conversation. He's furious because I think he's obviously just found out about Crane embezzling all the money. <laughs> um, that uh, His money, primarily, I think. And... Um, Buffkin did you, said... Did you, did you hear what Toad says as soon as he walks in? This is another brilliant scene. Toad just turned around and says, "Ah, oh, here's the old wrecking ball himself." Yes, <laughs> yeah, I absolutely love Toad. Yeah, um, Buffkin's needing a hand to fix the shard that's in the mirror, and from uh, Bigby. But while you're doing that, Bluebeard's also trying to get Bigby's attention because there's a couple of conversations that are happening at each point in the background. I don't think you're supposed to be able to hear what's happening in them. Um, I basically I'm not a fan of Bluebeard, so I told him to f off until I'm ready. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, yeah. Me, and because I'd never really treated any character like that in this game, it was really satisfying hearing <laughs> Bigby say that to him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he says it with conviction each time. It's good. It's uh, yeah. There's no half measures with them. Um, as they're trying to put it together, the shard won't fit because it seems to have been altered. And Bigby. Well, he's explaining where he found it and says that obviously it was in Crane's pocket, all this sort of stuff. And the um, Buffkin says, well, that'll be the reason why, because he said the Mirror and Bloody Mary have a very unhappy history or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, is it, she her thing is appearing in mirrors, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think that's one of the fables that she appears. Your kids yeah, for the, the, say the her, urban, urban legend, right? 
Yes, yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you look in the mirror and you say Bloody Mary three times, uh, okay, so it, it yeah, wasn't specific. It, yeah. it wasn't specific. I'm with you now. Okay, yep, yep. I was, I was thinking that she was meaning more about the the magic mirror specifically, but just I, I guess with, it, with mirrors. I, in I general. think it was about the magic mirror specifically as well. There was some backstory there. I forget what it was right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> whilst this is happening in the background, Bluebeard and. Toward are having a right go at each other, which is quite amusing. And um, Snow asks you effectively to resolve it. So uh, I called him over for Bluebeard. This is for a conversation, but uh, he's mainly a. Uh, oh no! So this was Toad rather. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's he's yeah. he's basically trying to get. He's just trying to get um, some money off Bigby effectively to. Um, I think it's probably well. He's saying it's in order to keep yeah. himself glamoured, but uh, That's it, yeah. given, given that we're on episode four of this game and he's yet to see, we've, we've yet to see him in a in a non glamoured form. Um, I told him that he's uh, that he's on his own with that one, and uh, well, we actually sent him there. I mean, when we were at the Lucky Pawn, we sent him to the business office. We say that uh, actually, I offered him some some money at the Lucky Pawn to uh, to to buy glamours, but he didn't want my money at that point in time. Okay. So we, I sent him to the business office. He could go talk to to Snow ah, because okay. uh, she'd she'd help him probably. Right. Ah. Snow Snow then being the hard ass that she is right now doesn't want to help him and wants us to just send him to the farm. Mm. Ah, okay. But then I chose again to offer him the money and this time telling him that it was Crane's money and yeah. then he was happy to take it. Oh no <laughs> yeah, way! Yeah. Oh, that's quite cool. Um, I told yeah, that's the... it. So the op- the option was was to give him Crane's money, wasn't it? Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. And that that that's what I did. So right, I I didn't take Crane's money, but I told Toad that I wasn't going to send him back to the farm and we'll work something out. Okay, okay. With, yeah. And was he happy with that? Yeah, he was. Yeah, so he sort of skips off really skips happily, off whistling past yeah, yeah, past yeah. Snow White, and she's he like, oh, well. "What's going on there?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that was like, "What well, you did tell him he's going to the farm, did you?" Yeah, something like that. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, this is awkward. Um, so, <laughs> oh no. Back at the pawn shop, I told him to sort it out and he wasn't getting any money from me. And then we got here and, again, I told him his issues are his own. And if he can't afford the glamours, he's going to the farm along with Colin. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> you bastard. So I chose to send Toad to the farm and I, you also got the option to send him tomorrow. So he's off with Colin. <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> so what let's see uh, on PC uh, 73.3% did not send Toad to the farm how could you do that to Toad uh, how many times have we been telling him to sort it out and he just he's he's disrespecting my authority Chris it's time for him to go I need to make an example <laughs> of him <laughs> and so what how did he walk off then because for all three of us he kind of he, he kind of goes off skipping and whistling. Oh, he was crushed, and he was saying that he was ba- he was basically oh, was dreadful. He was basically pleading, <laughs> saying like, "What about TJ and everything?" And I was like, "He's going with you. It's it's oh, over. No. Your time in Fable Town is over. Off to the farm." Yeah, it's funny the farm is there because it's not meant to be a prison. That's what it says in the little blurb and the extras. Like it's just meant to be a place for the fables to go. Yeah, but be, because of the class divide and because that's where the poor people end up, yeah, and and the, the less fortunate, it feels like a prison to them. Mm. Yeah, and they almost make it like a prison because they just want to. They're just striving all to get out. Yeah, uh, there's a real kind of class thing about this game, isn't it? It comes out with the next scene as well, the final one. Yes, um, but but the farm the farm is a classic example of, 
you know, somewhere where it's meant to be, you know, it's meant to be an exciting new star, but really it's just a prison for them. Yeah. yeah. The the only disappointment about sending Toad to the farm was that um, Snow White thought I did it because she asked me to. Yeah. And it was nothing to do with that whatsoever. It was just, I don't You're even... under her thumb like me. Yeah, well, I am now. Well, she thinks I am, at least, sadly. <laughs> um, in the meantime, the mirror has been repaired and probably understandably you can maybe cut a little bit of slack with this one uh snow cuts right to the chase and asks to see crane which i was like fair enough given kind of your or his interactions with um her up until this point you think well fair enough if she wants to and so we see a vision of mary talking to crane and i think she's Mm. telling him to go to paris and saying that uh he'll wait for instructions there when needed from the crooked man but very quickly, she also realizes that she's being watched, and yeah, we it becomes apparent that she can obviously. Well, I think it almost becomes two way, doesn't it? Where she can look out as well and can see that uh, that she's being she's being watched and manages to effectively. Well, she causes some sort of um, disturbance with the mirror, where it obviously yeah. effectively loses the connection with her, but it seems to kind of really um, upset him as well. Yeah, and um, that's bye bye Crane as well, isn't it? I think that's the last we'll see of Crane. Yeah, yeah. we'll see him in the next episode. No, I don't think so. Mm. Seems like that was him being sent away, wasn't it? Unless he's maybe got well, if Snow White's the if she's the uh, yeah, if it's ultimately her that's orchestrating. Oh, I was thinking that we might make one last final sacrifice as an act of love for Snow White, but uh, not if she's. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. He's maybe still got that left in him. One last chance to win her over. Um, <laughs> so, Buffkin helps Bigby out here, and he's basically Bigby is refusing to play ball, or my Bigby is refusing to play ball and speak to the mirror in rhyme. Go speak you, in rhyme, haven't you? Yeah, yeah mm. you just like tell me where the crooked man is, and uh, yeah. Buffkin ended up doing it for him. So we can effectively see that there's how he gets around is that the crooked man symbol. Um, it will appear on a door and it'll be there for um, an, ind- an indeterminate amount of time and then it'll disappear yeah. and that'll be where it'll next appear, you've no idea which is obviously how he's able to to stay um, how he's been able to stay undercover for all this length of time, however it does show it on a building in Central Park that I think yeah. either him or Snow recognises and mm. so they realise that they've got very little time to get there and set off immediately Um as I was on the way at the door, Snow stopped me to plead and said, basically, please bring him back alive so he, he can stand trial. And I think it said something along the lines of, it's not likely, given everything that's happened up until this point. Yeah. Yeah, I said no guarantees. Yeah, he's not, it. Yeah, he's not coming back alive. No. Yeah. Unless there's some big revelation to come. So mm. the final scene takes us to the, the Gothic Bridge in Central Park on 94th Street. That's now kind of in the middle of the night. Uh, Bigby's sprinting through the park to find the door under a bridge. Um, I just booted it straight in and it reveals a portal or what, something along those lines. And uh, Bigby then charges on through it. And we emerge into what looks like a, a kind of a castle corridor. And yeah. we can hear somebody clanking along and <laughs> they seem to be moving in a, in a little bit of distress. Uh, and it turns out to be Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim, yeah. Yeah. Tiny Tim. Bless him. Um, have we seen, have we met Tiny Tim before in this game? No. Not no. 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 I think uh, he just works there for the Crooked Man, doesn't he? It sounds yeah, as though he does, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like he's just a job to him, isn't it? So he yeah. doesn't really... Yeah. He went to shake my did... hand, so I smacked his hand away. Yeah, the same. Uh, I was awful to him. Yeah. <laughs> I felt really bad. Because <laughs> the, the last tiny Tim I saw was in like the Muppet Christmas Carol. Yes. That, <laughs> yeah, that yes. Frog, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I was being yeah. horrible to him. Yeah. Um, and he tells us that his, his only job, effectively, is to take us to go and see the boss. So obviously the crooked man, or we assume that is a crooked man, and he obviously knows mm. that we're here as well. Mm. And he's therefore sent Tiny Tim. And it's it's a real shame, actually. Tim and Bigby are having a bit of a heart-to-heart as they walk along there. And he's he, he, he seems to be fairly circumspect about things. And he's saying to... Uh, he's saying... The, the Tim, this is saying that the fables need Bigby, but he's also saying that they need uh, the Crooked Man too, and that they kind of they're almost two sides of the same coin. Mm. Um, and he said what they don't need is a war, which is obviously what we're building up to. Um, <laughs> his, his his basically his sole job was to escort you to the room. Yeah. So you've got the option to either, and he can't walk particularly quickly. So you've got the either the option to drop back and keep pace with them, or you can just basically leave them for dust, which is what I did. As I look, I don't have time. Yeah, for same. Yeah, and, yeah. I uh, pretty much, t- I pretty much told him to to go before it to get yes. messy. <laughs> I, I didn't even I, tell I, him that. Of course, I, just... I was a nice guy as always, so I waited for him. I I was nice to him. So <laughs> yeah, I was nice to him, but I didn't wait for him. Okay, and I kind of wished I had when yeah. you walk in and, oh, and he's I all apologetic. Yeah, yeah, I know. He, he just looks absolutely crestfallen that he wasn't yeah, able to like do Yeah, like he job. had that one job he really yeah. wanted to do well. And then he and, and <laughs> the Crooked Man, in, in my playthrough, even uh, is is nice to Tiny Tim as well yeah. and tells yeah, him that he, he was. did a really nice job mm-hmm. and, yeah. and so on because I waited for him. Well, even... So the nice thing, I guess, which, again, kind of plays into this narrative is that... Um, well, so what happens is you arrive at this door by whatever means. I, I ended up kicking it in but um, I guess Same. had you waited for Tim patiently, he would have opened it for you and let you in. But we go in and yep. we find there's Georgie D, um, Tweedledee, uh, Vivian, the Jersey Devil, and that was it, wasn't there? And the Crooked Man, obviously. Yeah, I, I think, think that's it, it yeah. yeah. Oh, Mary. Did you say Mary? Uh, no, I didn't. Was Mary in there? Was, was, she... was Nerissa there? there? I can't remember. Perhaps. Nerissa was there. No, Nerissa's not no. there. no. Oh, maybe Mary. I'm just looking at a, a still of a scene from it. No, maybe Mary wasn't there. Narissa definitely wasn't there. Vivian no, was. No. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, as you say, obviously with you, Mads, the, um, the Crooked Man was really nice to him, but he's, he's also still really nice to Tiny Tim. And he says, Tiny Tim's quite distraught and says, oh, I, kind of, I couldn't even do the one job that I was supposed to do. And he's like, it's actually yeah. fine. Don't worry about it, Tim. You know, it's uh, you did a good job regardless. And uh, so this is the first look that we get the Crooked Man. Were you quite surprised by his look? Did you did you think that's what what were you expecting? Not that. It's quite every day. Yeah. Mm. Apart Very... from the the, the, the eye thing. Really. Yeah, and he also looks quite kind of compromised in the sense that he he's, he's not he doesn't look like an overly powerful character. He doesn't look like. You know, he could very easily be a criminal mastermind, but he doesn't look like an utterly threatening. He's got he's no. got a very uh, commanding voice. I, I I I need to actually check who it is that does his voice acting. I like his voice. Yeah, I didn't look. He's got a sort of a very kind of authoritative voice. Um, the Jersey Devil didn't look that threatening as well until he well changed. until he changes. Yeah, but yeah. as soon as he opened yeah. his mouth, though, you 
you knew the Jersey Devil was trouble. Whereas with the Crooked mm. Man, even when he starts talking, he actually, I mean, especially if he would have praised Tiny Tim, I don't think he came across very sinister. No. And it was only, true. actually, I left the episode thinking, well, you know, he doesn't seem like that bad a guy. And then I read the fable, the bit and the, the blurb, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, well, yeah, he's, a pretty, he's pretty bad. Um, but I guess what is quite telling is that the group that are all gathered there, they go to make a move on Bigby, um, but the yeah. crooked man just goes them off. just waves them off, and that's enough to make them all yeah. stop. So mm. that probably tells you something about either the He's powerful his power mm. or the power for somebody mm. that you know he is working with or for, etc. And I'm thinking yeah. that didn't happen in my playthrough. Um, you well, get I a choice as to whether you actually want to in. talk to him or whether you want to be hostile to him immediately. And and I sat down and had a talk with him. So, so ah, okay. What came out of that? Hostility. Was there anything that came out of that? No, no, no. Then the episode stops there. That's, right. That's, uh, yeah. So that's, that's our final final time. choice, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah. Mine ended when I lit a smoke. Yeah, yeah, I lit a, yeah. I lit a cigarette, and it's got to be one of the coolest things I've seen in a video game for a long time. Yeah. When the camera just pans to Bigby and he just lights up and yeah. Yeah, it just cuts the credits. Very, very but, good. Yeah, the percentage that, that came there afterwards it said that forty one point eight percent on the PC talked to the crooked man first. What's What's the other thing you can choose to do? So you can or? threaten him. You can smoke. Okay. You can say no. You can try and arrest him, okay. or yeah. you can choose to sit down and talk to him. So I, mm. I chose to sit down and talk because I thought I'm out outnumbered here anyway. So might yeah. as well just uh, yeah play it low key. So yeah. Yeah, twenty nine point one percent lit a cigarette apparently, um, and because I think his line to Bigby was something along the lines of, "He said you and I have a lot to discuss." And yeah, that that's was what it. gave you the prompt, and yeah, mm. yeah, spark it up and doof, end of episode. Yeah, yeah. that's yep. so cool. That I mean, I'd love to see what happens if you threatened him. Presumably, he'd threaten him, and then the episode would end. But the light yeah. and the smoke just seemed so perfect for my Bigby. It was, yeah. I was really pleased with how that played out. I like, I yeah. liked it. Yeah, he's not not threatened at all, is he? He's just no. He's so cool. Like he's exactly how I would like. I said, I've said this yeah. before. I'm yeah. like, if ever I was in that kind of threatening situation, I don't even. I've never smoked a cigarette in my life, but I, I really do hope that I've got a cigarette and a lighter on me so I can do that. You should just I'm keep gonna, a packet on your old times just in case. Just have a packet yeah. with one cigarette in it just in case you ever find yourself just in a life in or death situation. I'm going to have this and then we're going to get down to business. Yeah. If you ever start life running in the meantime. <laughs> yeah. just, just light up and you'll look really cool. Yeah. Kids, don't try that at home, by the way. It's not no. good for you. In um, many ways. So obviously this sets us up for the final episode to come next week. Um... Mm. We said at the end of the last episode that we were a wee bit concerned as to maybe we said a lot would have to happen in the next two episodes. Do you think enough has happened in this episode to set us up for the final for the finale, or do you suspect that? Well, I'll give you my version. I think that regardless of what happens in episode five, is that I think this will end up being a slightly more lightweight experience than maybe what I thought it was initially going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it's, there's a twist in there, and they're involving snow somewhere. I think there's got to be. To, you can't have Big B and the Crooked Man for an hour and a half, can you? So there's got to be something. There's got to be a twist in there somewhere. But I, as I came out of this episode, my immediate thought was like, "What's really happened there? I just played for an hour and a half, and I'm 
nothing's happened. Having sort of gone back again and thought, okay, yeah, the plot has sort of moved on and, and, and things yeah. have happened. But it still very much feels like at the end of episode three where it's like leading up. It's still like that middle episode, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it feels as though we've got more than one episode to or we should have more than one episode to come mm. there's there's a lot that'll need to happen in one episode but mm. i think the episode is the highest i think i'm right in saying it's either highest or second highest rated episode five is so it suggests that there might be some satisfaction to be had this mm. was my favorite episode it was comfortably good. yeah comfort- okay. every scene i thought was really really good like I, I was noticing the voice acting more, the music, the writing. I just thought it was just all so on point. This one, and and you say not a lot happened, Jim, but I actually found really satisfying. Like the resolution of some of the storylines involving the minor characters. Mm. Like I liked wrapping up Woody's character arc. I thought the Colin and Toad closures was really good. Seeing what I think is the end of Crane. It all felt like it was just like right. Let's wrap up the minor story beats, and then what? We'll get... So we can completely now focus the final episode on the showdown. Yeah. My only drawback, I would say, is as I feared, the revelation of the Crooked Man was underwhelming because, um, we don't know who the Crooked Man was. I mean, maybe it'd been nice if it was some kind of twist, and but you know, it was it was just an everyday guy who we didn't know. So there was no real shocking, oh, that's the crooked man moment, which is a shame. And again, he didn't come off as particularly villainous in the game. So that was a bit underwhelming. But I thought generally, I yeah, I reckon as well, this episode probably was about 55 minutes long. Yeah. Um, which I think if I'd paid, you know, a, on day one, a decent price for it, maybe I might be a bit grumpy about that. But in this instance where we are right now, it just felt really snappy and quick and yeah, it's my favourite episode so far. What did you think, Matt? So I'm with Jim. I thought it was a bit short. I, not not a lot happened. And uh, I mean, I like where the story is going. I still have a lot of questions. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing episode five, seeing how much of that they can, they can like tie a ribbon on. Too. Yeah, nice. but uh, mm. it, it'll be good to see what happens. But uh, nah, definitely not my favorite. I thought uh, too little happened in this episode. I uh, I, I preferred the third one actually. Uh, a lot of you guys thought that was too short, but uh, I found that storytelling wise, not a lot happened here. It was just a bit more of being the bit bad wolf, which I liked. So I got to my wolf is definitely being more and more aggressive now towards the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a lot of opportunities to be that big bad wolf here in, in the fourth episode. But story wise, not a lot happened, really. Mm-hmm. It was just no. moving, moving it along a bit. It's got a lot of road left to cover. Yes, a, yes, exactly. You know, it, Maybe it that's probably... what, what made me feel like not a lot happened because there's so many loose ends and so many yeah. things that they need to tie down in this final episode now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I yeah. think all the, the, there's not a massive difference in each of our playthroughs despite the, the choices. We've made quite different choices and we've played it in quite mm-hmm. different manners. There's, you know, I think... I think in this game, it obviously seems that the likes of the the choices are reflected more in the likes of, you know, Toad going to the farm, Colin going to the farm. There's nothing that fundamentally changes your experience of the game, I don't think. 
Yeah. No, and that's disappointing that. And that yeah. does feel disappointing. It feels it's more in the way characters interact with you in the moment-to-moment dialogue. But mm. the, 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 the key story beats and even the secondary story beats are, by and large, still always going to work out the same. Yeah, they're pretty yeah. set. But that, that's what it's about in these yeah. Telltale games most of the time. I mean, the, the choices you take don't alter the story as such it's it adds flavor to it it makes the story yeah. your story instead of just one generic story and that, that's yeah yeah that's the whole idea of it i guess it's yeah, not it's a diff- it's not a choose your own adventure adventure i mean very different there is until one story dawn. they need to tell isn't it i mean very different to until dawn which was another very choice based game yes. but where your yeah. choices had a massive impact yeah you know, literally on uh, who lives or it, who dies yeah yeah and I may be misremembering it right now because it's been many years since I played it, but I also feel that that uh, um, The Walking Dead, the first one of The Walking Dead, the first season, that, that the choices there molded the story more than it does here in, in The Wolf Among Us. It's certainly my... Sure. Re- yeah, it's definitely my recollection of it, but I might be misrecalling because, they're like yeah. you, it's been... You know, I played that almost the day it came out, so... Mm. Uh, it's been years and years since I last played that but I definitely when I think back I definitely think yeah, it felt more weighty yeah. the choices yeah. that you made there be fun to play that again actually um, and, and see if that is actually the case or whether it's just the fact that we're discussing this uh, mm. I mean all of these drawn out waffles is that kind of like picking the game apart a bit too much I was thinking about this earlier Maz I think I think think you might be right I I think you can overthink this these games particularly I think if you were to sit down and play this over the course of two evenings or something all five Mm. episodes I think you would have a better experience maybe than what we've ended up having I was actually thinking I might I was thinking I might maybe get The Walking Dead because it's a sort of game that requires very little explanation i was thinking i might get my wife to come and sit down and we might just play through the walking dead over a couple of nights it's and, really and, and she, yeah. she, she can make all the choices mm. all this sort of stuff i can do the qte yeah. type stuff but it, I, i'd be interested to play another one of these games and particularly knowing that the walking dead is held as the the, the sort of the real showpiece i would be quite mm. interested to sit and play it in like i say one or two sittings and and, and see how it compares and how how you feel about it as a consequence yeah, yeah I, mean, I recommend it have any of you played like Detroit Become Human? Because that's another sort of choice-based game, isn't it? And I just wonder if if that's similar. In like, obviously you make your choices, but we sort of get to in the end. I've not played any of the David Cage games. It is David Cage, no, isn't it? it? it yeah, One it is. Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, if we were going to play those, we'd have to go back to um, Fahrenheit, of course. Of oh, course. Uh, that's just that's a retro. Sense. It's a retro game, isn't it? Yeah, that Xbox. is retro, yeah. That's yeah. a PS2 game. Yeah, but they, I mean, they get a lot of stick, don't they? Those Detroit less so, but mm. some of those like Heavy Rain and whatnot get mm, all yeah. kinds of stick for being... I think all of these choice-based games, you know, you look at the reviews for The Quarry, which is Supermassive's latest, which came out a few weeks back. You know, some yeah. people absolutely love it. And some people really, really don't like it. What's it's... the other one as well? It's like True Colours or something. Life is Strange? Life is Strange, that was it, yeah. yeah that would yeah. be a really interesting game for us to play. But there's definitely something in that kind of overthinking it stuff. I think the more granular you get, the more you start to see through the illusion. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I think probably when you do... It was similar to Until Dawn, but I think it's probably been more prominent in this one is that i think when you compare play experiences with this game yeah. you realize that there's not that uh, it's a bit of an illusion this this sort of sense of you know having your your almost a bespoke experience or whatever 
Um, yeah, I think I think Mads is right. I think it flavors your playthrough rather yeah. than dictates it. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there we have it. Um, what do you think? Are you ready for the grand finale? I'm really looking forward to playing it. Like, yeah, likewise. Looking forward to seeing how it pans out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's going to be a good one to wrap it up, regardless. And it'll be interesting to see where how we feel about it all at the end of it. So to that end, we I guess we'll try and record, record again in fairly quick succession. So um, a week to ten days, and I would suspect we'll work it out once we've stopped recording. But we will try and get this episode out. Um, in the next couple of days and then obviously the other one just a week or ten days afterwards and that will be it that will draw to a close season three um Woo-hoo. in the meantime if you don't already know if for any reason you've stumbled across this episode randomly and are wondering how to get involved and where to find us uh discord is the primary means that's where we've got loads of channels not just relating to this game to all our previous games as well and a good general chat channel a multiplayer lobby as well that we sometimes get some online games on the go with so that is by far away where the most interactions happen it's where all the good stuff's at but outside of that previous episodes are on our website www.playthroughpod.com yes yeah as always run by the imperious martin stevenson aka deadlock he's the one who keeps us on the straight and narrow with that side of things so our weekly shout out and thanks to him um we are also on Facebook, YouTube, just search for Playthrough, you'll find us, and Twitter at Playthrough underscore pod. Before we wrap it up, guys, anything that you'd like to add or anybody you'd like to say hello to, to thank? Not for me, mate. No. Good, no worries. No, Short just second the, shout, second the shout out to Martin and a big thank you also to Dean for the covers. Yes, always. Thank you, Dean. Mads, anything from you at all before we wrap it up? Now, shout out to the guys on Discord. So there's been a lot of good uh, discussion about the episode four. So I've been enjoying reading what everybody thinks about yeah. the, the episode. Yeah, yeah, and I would just add my thanks to that as well. I love it. I love it when I can see there's a load of comments that are sat there waiting for me. That uh, People are very good with spoilers as well, so a big thank you for that. I love it when I can see there's basically a backlog of comments sat there waiting for me that the minute yeah. I finish the minute I finish my playthrough I can then go back through and read them all and see what people are saying about it and seeing whether uh, seeing how similar or otherwise experiences were so yeah a massive thanks to everybody who joins in and helps to make this what it is and to keep it as enjoyable as what it is so until the next time we will see you then gentlemen it's been a pleasure as always I thank Great you and good night cheers out well, good night. stuff bye 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 bye, bye. bye.